let's record. So I guess because you know, whenever I have an episode and you're not around, I don't even try to bother talking about the Browns. No, but let's just I I won our bet. You you did. Man. You I said mean, we both kind of did. You said two wins. I did. I, no, it's Price is Right rules. Closest without uh, going over. Yeah. Okay. So right. I win. You won. You won. I said the Browns would go six and ten. You believe you were you were a resident of Believeland. But this season. they went seven eight and one. That's pretty damn good. And now we got a new coach. Yep. You know what his name is? Tell me. Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, I remember reading about that. I watched that video clip. What was that from? Of um, of hard, Hugh Hard Knocks. Yeah, in that meeting room of him just being stubborn and obstinate. He and was like, everyone well, else "I'm the head so coach. You're not in my chair." The room. The first, the first when he guy. Said that, the man. first guy to speak up, though. Yeah. In that meeting. Yeah. Freddie Kitchen. Okay. Okay. Because I know there were two guys. Yeah. Freddie Kitchen spoke up, and then uh, Todd Haley spoke up. Yeah, Todd Haley's the guy I was thinking of. Todd okay. Haley got fired. Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson both got fired, and Greg Williams got fired, the defensive coordinator. Why did Todd Haley go? Because regime change, internal discord. Well, he was basically, you could argue he wasn't doing his best work because he didn't like Hugh. Yeah, uh, he thought if he could sabotage Hugh, maybe he would get the coaching gig. Wow. No matter what, though, seven, eight, and one is a lot better than zero and sixteen. Uh, yeah. And I won. I got it. You did. And uh, another Browns note. We are now the official sponsor of the Big Play Cleveland Reflog Show. I saw so it's that. not just the Browns post game anymore. We're sponsoring them in the off season. That's cool. Because uh, I just think they're doing great work. Uh, it's awesome. They're live streaming from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They take calls on the Shack News hotline. They shout us out on Twitter all the time. It's uh, I think this is gonna be. Like we're gonna become the gaming news site for Northeast Ohio. I like that though. You know what I mean? We need to get our official, unofficial sponsors on board. You know what I mean? You've it, already been yeah. invited to a Swenson's event. I know. I but like I, I feel like this is one way for us to you know Absolutely. back in the day I always felt like Sugar Shack, Shack News was like Dallas. Yeah, it, oh it, yeah, for sure. It was very much like Martin the, and Steve would always like in their posts they would talk about the Mavericks. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah they were like right, you're right. They were super into Dallas sports right. and like a lot of our community still lives in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh but I kind of feel like this is our opportunity to reach out, expand our brand beyond gaming, but mm-hmm. to something that's adjacent to gaming, which I, I think is sports. Well, really to me this is like the the natural evolution of shack news because if you look at our chatty community they don't just talk about games no they talk about food they talk about sports they talk about politics they talk about everything they sure do talk about politics they talk about politics daily yeah all the time yeah i'd say 80 percent of moderation things occur because of that one thread i'm not surprised uh people are just vicious in there yeah i i get it though yeah um I talked about moderation with Greg on the last episode. Did you? Yeah. What did Greg have to say? I just told him he's a terrible poster. He is a terrible poster. If you said it, I can say yeah, it. Yeah, you can say Greg it. Greg is a troll. Yeah, he's Greg's, a shit poster. He's a terrible poster. Yeah. But he's a sweet he's one of the sweetest guys I've ever met. Yeah. IRL. Okay. <laughs> but on Shack News, it's like he like transformed. Not just Shack News. It's oh. on Facebook. Oh, he does on it's Twitter. On Twitter. Too. Yeah, that's true. Everywhere you put Greg just with the internet. A cyber troll. He yeah, he's a terrible poster. He yeah. puts me in tough situations. He does. And so, yeah, I blamed him for everything. Okay. Uh, but no. Well, we do that anyway. We ask our listeners to direct all complaints. Yeah, to Greg Burke. To at Greg Burke 85. At, yeah, at Greg Burke 85. 
Yeah. So this is all, we're all on brand. We're on brand. But yeah, Boo Greg. Yeah. Uh, I won't get into that again because we wanted to do it pretty in depth last week. Okay. And it's just, you know what? I'm going to listen to that because I want to hear Greg's defense. It's I'm sure not, he had one. It's not, no. No? No. He doesn't really have much of a defense. I just want to add him. <laughs> Now this I need to hear. Yeah, it's good. Uh, <laughs> it's it's good. But you. at the same at the same time, it was almost like Greg wasn't defending me. Not yeah, yeah. I think he does that, but he also like well yeah no in the uh, on the episode no no, no in no. general no yeah uh, I he he gets himself in trouble he does and I you know it was funny we were talking uh, I was talking to the mods about it. And, about Greg? Uh, just about Shaq News staff posting. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't, maybe they shouldn't post. And I was like, well, do you want Greg and I to stop? Do you want David to stop? Yeah, do I, don't, want I Chris, don't stir up trouble. Yeah, do you want Chris to stop? And they're like, oh, well, you know, all of you, uh, Crabs maybe not as much, but like, you have your style of posting. Yeah. And you've been posting, you were a Shacker. Then you were on staff. Then you were Shacker again. Now you're on staff again. So you've transcended both sides of it. Yeah. Chris is a good example of a guy who came to us from the chatty. Right. Uh, and was very defensive of the chatty in recent weeks. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, that was it's it's still interesting. Mm-hmm. I posted one stupid meme and it got some backlash. <laughs> It's gonna happen, man. Yeah, I'm, every, I'm gonna everybody do these gets Shaq piled. Everybody. I'm gonna do these things. Yeah, uh, I I get it. It's just funny. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll move on from that. Yeah, uh, there's no there's no reason to dig that up yet again. No. Um, but I probably won't turn Lola into any memes about traffic on our site anymore. Okay. Uh, yeah. Don't so, make her like uh, who are those little banana yellow looking dudes, the minions, mm-hmm. the minions been associated with some dark stuff in recent times yeah lola needs to be a beacon of light she is a beacon of light she is she's a literal beacon of light a little fluff ball of with light fluff. Yeah. yeah well you're doing a terrible job of protecting the backyard there's three deer back there right now Got squatters back there lola that happened on your watch yeah what are you gonna do about it yeah you gonna go back there and talk to him no She's going to just sit here and be pet. I don't know. She's got her paws full with chair pet of the board duties. Like maybe you're, maybe, maybe she's taken on too much. Yeah. And shout out Lola. Like you weren't on the last episode. So I just wanted to congratulate her. She led Shaq news to the best year ever. Yeah. Lola. And we ended the year with our most unique visitors ever in a month. Your approval ratings are through the roof. Yeah. So basically she has, uh, she led us to the best E3 we ever had, mm-hmm. then the best July we ever had, and then we kind of stumbled with the redesign. There were some things that we broke. But that's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to break some things. Yeah. And then once we fixed it, bam, new all-time high yeah. in the next month. So Lola promises made, promises kept for Lola's campaign. Yeah. Easily. See? Yeah. And uh, she doesn't have to run again this year. No. No. She, you know, the, I think it's, I don't know how many years the terms are for Chair Pet. No. Uh, maybe there aren't any. No, maybe, maybe that, maybe like behind the scenes, Lola's becoming like a dictator. But if so, like we mm-hmm. won't, we won't, uh, boo that until things hit a slump. I mean, if she's a dictator, I'm the one that's catching most of the flack. That's true. Well, you're her, I, I, you're her puppet. Yeah. I have to change out her wee wee pads. Yeah, dude. I have to feed her. Yeah. I have to give her treats. Yep. So, you know, like, I'm definitely the one that's catching most of it. It's not like... You know she's going to pass this deer problem on to you. She already has. See? 
you know like and honestly is it a deer problem they're kind of cool that's the thing i have a very large yard yeah it's snowing they're back there just chilling i guess there's what are they eating they're herbivores right yeah they're herbivores so they they are right like right next to like some like a tree or some shrubbery you have back there yeah I want to know what they're going to... So, you know, tonight, we're recording this on uh, the evening of Friday the 18th, and apparently mm-hmm. at midnight, we're supposed to start getting dumped on. Yeah, a bunch of snow. So, I've heard like 9 to 12 inches, but it's Ohio, so maybe 9 to 12, maybe zero. Yeah, and it's also like, the thing about Canton, where about, it, it depends where the snow's coming from. Yeah. If it's coming from the north, a lot of the time, the lake effect snow stops before it gets here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, we don't get hit as hard. Yeah um but yeah i don't know we'll see my my brother is a teacher in canton city they had a snow day i think it was yesterday the night where like it it rained a lot the night before and so it all froze yeah it was icy so this is that he said this is the time of year when they have some snow days coming yeah that's that's cool i mean i'm not gonna i just i think ohio's gotten soft it's not like it used to be no we didn't even have snow on christmas no that's that's the truth what the hell let me tell you about our superintendent uh an alliance back mm-hmm. in in my high school days. Yeah, sure. His litmus test for whether or not to call off school was if he could walk to the end of his driveway, then the kids could go to school. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I had to go to school <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I bet because this guy didn't slip and fall. Well, I mean, if we were using my driveway, oh, <laughs> dude. I so I par- I'm back to parking on the street. I saw. Yeah. So, but at least the the snow is kind of melted on the driveway. Yeah. So it's not icy. No, no, no. Otherwise, that's the thing gotta, I hate is ice. Yeah. Otherwise, you got to come snow. up on the on the lawn. Yeah, that's what I do. Man, Amy, I used to joke with her that I was going to like, dump her every winter, and then we'd reunite in the spring because her driveway is like <laughs> seventy degrees. This is her mom's house. Yeah, this is her mom's yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. Her mom's house, and I, she's like, "You could park in the driveway." I'm like. I, I sorry I left my like cliff climbing tools at home. <laughs> I would just park like down on the street. Yeah, Ohio has a lot of really terribly designed driveways. It does. I've always wondered like, do you think that lowers property value driveways? I I, I think it does. I would have to because like this this time of year we might not always get hit with the big one the big snowstorms, but we get hit with some. That's why people sell their homes when it's nice out. That's right. So you don't notice that. You don't think about that. Yeah. That's no one, what I, dude, I no mean, one that's sells why, their homes in December. You're absolutely right. Like my yearly lease comes up in July. Yeah. So it's like, we're not moving. Like April, if it's past like April October. to September. Yep. That's the sweet that's spot for home season. sales. Yeah. yeah. Not, not December. No. no one wants to show off their house when it's uh when you could die. <laughs> when you could slip and fall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, just going to get your mail. Yeah. Which happens. Yeah. Um, Especially Amy's mom's mailbox at the end of her driveway. Yep, same. Oh, yeah, that's true with you, too. It's yeah. at the bottom of this hill. Although, like, in our, so we have this, like, we live in a little neighborhood, and these, these town, it's like a townhouse, not mm-hmm. an apartment. And all the mailboxes are, like, in the center of the little neighborhood. So I've got to, like, get down my driveway and down this, like, little street get to get to my mailbox. Oh, good God. So I, that's, like, once a week. So you're, I don't get paper in, mail anyway. You're in the car when uh, you're checking your mail. No, dude. You walk? I, I walk. Oh fuck. I'm that. like I'm going to this is going to be a test. Yeah, so I usually check my mail when I'm leaving the house in my car. That's a good call. Cuz I'm once it gets to 0 degrees, like you're not going to get me to walk outside no. very far. I don't even like get a lot of The only thing I look forward to is like I get game informer every month. I get so much paper mail that I don't need. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like but my that that inbox is basically all spam. Yeah, like it's you know? not Nothing I actually care about, but then, no. like, occasionally someone needs to send me something, and yeah. then 
I need to have it. So yeah, yeah it, it's a pain in the ass, especially this time of year. But yeah, so last night it was snowing pretty hard. It was like that wet, really crappy kind of weather. Yeah, I was out in that, like the tail end of it. Mm-hmm. I was out in it. So I was driving my uh, my new Model X around. Mm-hmm. All wheel drive thing handles like a champ in that's shit. right man. i was like wow yeah. i was kind of taken back by it because the, the cool thing about the the x is that you have independent suspension on each wheel mm-hmm. so you can really be i'm not saying i was driving recklessly or right. anything but i was driving the speed limit yeah you know and like i wouldn't be able to do that no in a regular car no uh so it was it was really cool that's um, awesome. I was I was impressed. Yeah, I checked that thing out on my way in. It's really nice. I showed you the ridiculous Falcon Wing door. Yes. How stupid is that? I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like the thing is, it's just like silly. As devotees of popular culture, Asif, I feel like we can say that we love a lot of stupid things. Uh-huh. We embrace these stupid sure. things. And I have embraced the Falcon Wing yeah. on Big Blue. That's fine. Yeah. It, 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 I is it ridiculous? Yes. But there's like good ridiculous and bad ridiculous. I feel it's, like this is good ridiculous. It's good ridiculous. Yeah. It's definitely good ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just like, I don't know. It's silly. I, I definitely find it silly. Although, you know what? That's one less door you have to open outwards. It's yeah. it, it uses less clearance than yeah. the other doors would. Mm-hmm. And when you open it, you have a nice little roof over you. That is awesome. So it's kind of cool. Like while you're like like uh, like putting groceries in the car, yeah. The store and it's raining. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I can. So it's it's cool. It's just different. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's not that's not the number one selling point for that. But yeah, I I finally drove it in some really shitty snow. You saw my driveway; it had a ton of snow on it. Yep, melting today. But yeah, it handles everything really well. So I'm happy with that. All wheel drive on the Tesla is really really good. Yeah. I mentioned that in a thread today. Some other Tesla news. They're firing 7% of their workforce. I read that before I came over. Um, really weird letter from Elon uh, to the company about... So they added 30% to their workforce last year mm-hmm. as they were ramping up the Model S or Model 3 production. Mm-hmm. And now they're, se- they're firing 7%. So they're still up quite a bit yeah. from a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did it because he wants to get the Model 3 to $35,000 by the middle of this year. Hmm. So we'll see. They're they're not out of the woods yet. No. That's what I tweeted this morning. Yeah. I was like, they're not out of the woods yet. Right. It, it's a... Uh, but I also don't think they're on the verge of bankruptcy. No, 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 no. It's just a company that's struggling to ramp. Yeah, there's a lot of middle ground between, like, you know, tip-top shape and on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's weird. And then the stock market has rallied a ton since we last talked. That's yeah, that's good. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see any reason for it to have gone down and I don't really see any reason of it to, to have gone up this fast. Either. Things are weird right now with this, <laughs> yeah. with the shutdown and we're, we're starting, it's almost like this trickle down effect. Of mm-hmm. Like it doesn't impact you after three or four days, but now we're on, like it's been almost a month. Yeah. And, uh. So I was in Vegas last week. Mm-hmm. The the TSA is not getting paid. Yeah, and it was I saw pretty, some of those airport lines. I was going to ask you like what that was. It was pretty like. apparent that they did not give a fuck. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, go. That's just go ahead. And then you know what you get? You get a gun. Yeah. on a plane to Japan. Yep, from Atlanta. Yeah, and I flew through Atlanta. 
I'm like, fuck. Yeah, that's someone bringing a gun to Canton on their plane. There are these little things too. Like, I guess like the FDA isn't able to like completely clear foods. Yeah, that's why the Romaine outbreak has occurred. Yeah. Uh, well, that was actually because of other policies they put in place before that. Mm -hmm. Uh, refund checks are going to go out late, most likely. Yeah. I I wouldn't. I can you imagine working for the IRS? Right. Just imagine working for the IRS. Yeah. Now imagine working for the IRS for free. Yeah. Are you going to do as good of a job? Nah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, no. So it's like, this is scary. And then it is. what really bothered me, uh, what happened in Joshua Tree? Did you see that? No. There's like a couple of trees, a couple of cacti and trees in Joshua Tree that are like iconic mm-hmm. sites. Mm-hmm. Chopped down. Because there's no forest management there. There's, oh. no parks and, there's no parks and recreation So someone just cut them down? Some kids just chopped oh, them down so man. they could off-road. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, dude. These are like 100-year-old trees that are gone. I, I think the worst thing I've heard is I've heard that um, a lot of diabetics on insulin are yeah. having to They're ration rationing their, their, insulin. their insulin. Yeah, I, I didn't mean like Joshua Tree's the worst thing, but I was like, these are like no, iconic no, no. areas. Yeah, I wasn't trying to like compare and contrast, yeah, yeah. but it's like you're seeing these are the things you don't really think about, the, the shit that like, yeah. happens when- yep. When something big like this goes down. It doesn't happen right away. No. And it's all over a fucking wall. Yeah. You know? And I guess that brings me back to the stock effect. Like, I'm uh, the, the stock market, I'm I'm almost kind of surprised it's rallying. Yeah. Um, interesting to see how it holds up. I don't think it will. I mean, you said, like, was it last month we talked when, like, the market was just going crazy and you were, like, practically pulling your hair out. You were so busy day, mm-hmm. day by day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still uh, it's still a trader's market. Mm-hmm. So there's going to, like, for me, I'm, right now, what I do is when I see Facebook going down, I step on its neck and I make some money off of it. Yeah. So that's really what I'm doing. I own, like, three stocks or four stocks, and then when Facebook's, when I see any weakness in Facebook, it's just a cash pinata, mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep hitting it with a baseball bat. Yeah. It's just, like, $420 billion company. Yeah. I'm just going to keep whacking it until I can get all their money. They're supposed to get hit with some sort of fine, right? Yeah. So just massive, a headline. Yeah. It was, that was what knocked them down this afternoon. Okay. Uh, was a... They're, the federal government is rumored to be penalizing them with the largest fine in history wow. for a website uh, for breach of privacy. Good. So I just think there's a lot of headline risk to owning that company. So yeah. whenever I see any opportunity to beat it up, I do. Mm-hmm. My goal this year is to solely fund Shack News from the profits of trading Facebook on the short side. <laughs> That's my own personal goal. Is that a, like a New Year's resolution for you? No. My okay. New Year's resolution was to travel less. Okay. Okay. That That's was good. I'm like I'm done. Yeah. I don't like Pax East. No, nah, I'm good. Not going. Yeah. Uh, Pax South. No, nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to Pax South ever, but I'm definitely mm-hmm. not going to that. Uh, and because GDC hates kids, I can't go to Extra Life United because they're literally at the same time. This is like the second or third year in a row that's happened, right? No, they were usually like near each other, but this is like right I at the one same. One year time. they open overlapped. They might have overlapped one year, but uh, this is the. I had been to two Extra Life Uniteds in a row. Oh, no, you know what? Two, three years ago, I think we sent Joe Torado instead. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, we're going to have to find some other people on our staff that are willing to go to Extra Life United to represent our team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go to GDC. Uh, I'll go to E3. And then, yeah, we'll see from there. 
I'll go to QuakeCon. QuakeCon is fun. Yeah. I don't know about Oculus Connect. I mean, the thing about that is the timing sucks for you because you usually like to go to Tokyo yeah. to TGS. Yeah. But then, like, flying back, getting over jet lag, and going right into another uh, con is just That was rough. Just cruel. Yeah. <laughs> it was not. Yeah. I don't recommend that to anyone out there. Uh, don't go directly from TGS to I think Blake Oculus. said when he got home, like, he slept for, like, a day. Uh-huh. Just crashed. Oh, yeah. I actually. Because oh. Blake went to both of those with you right yeah 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 we literally got back the next day we were at oculus connect it was brutal yeah that's rough i barely remember oculus connect look at this dog she's just lying like on her side on my leg getting belly rubs <laughs> lola's living the life she always is living the life that chat cast life yeah she loves it um but yeah and then uh i don't know what else what other random things have happened Resident Evil 2 is seven days away. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a game. Something I've been talking about almost every podcast. Yeah, you have. I think you mentioned it every podcast. Did you mention yeah. it on the first one? Uh, probably not because we were at QuakeCon yeah. and talking a lot about Quake and we were right. Like, but you were talking about RE2 Remake at E3 2016. I was because I thought they were going to announce a Resident Evil something <laughs> and it ended up being seven. It was seven. And yeah, I talked about it a lot. And I remember in 2017. So you've been talking about it since before the Shack cast existed. I bet time. you were on the Chatty cast talking about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. I you absolutely did. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how long. Yeah. For listeners who have transcended different podcasts, Man. that's how long David's been talking about it. Yes, that. sir. A so, week away. Yeah. Um, the one shot demo came out where the deal with this was. Oh, yeah. Was, we should wait till the show starts. Oh, well, I guess we should. I, I just, I can always talk about Resident Evil 2. I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll, let's start the show. Let's start the show. Because, uh, you know, otherwise it'll be more than a 20 minute intro, which how it long, already how is. Long is it right? Wow. 21 minutes, 22. There we go. Nice okay. meeting intro. Yeah, right? Yeah. Hey, you know, what are you going to do? Oh, well, it's petting you. Oh, we've got oh, this siren got right sirens now. Sirens in the background. They're coming for us. Yeah, the, the mean streets of Camden, man. They're getting meaner. She, she hates sirens. Does she? Yeah. No, don't listen. You see how her... I did see that. Like, she kind of tenses up a little. It's okay, Lola. It's okay, Lola. No, it's not okay. You're here on the couch. It's not okay. With, you got a bobo somewhere. She'll go from couch to barking in like two seconds, though. Oh, Lola. So it's important for you to stay there, Lola. Because yeah, otherwise, right it's going to be a pain in the ass getting you back up on the couch. Yeah. Because you're always like, I don't know. Did you uh, did you uh, stock up just in case we do get dumped on? Did you get some stuff, some provisions? Yeah, I got food. I got uh, Lola's food, mm-hmm. which is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to get some like household cleaning supplies still. Yeah. So I'm kind of low on those, but yeah, pretty much everything. After we record, I'll probably go out and get some more I'm, stuff. I'm gonna, yeah, on the way home, I'm going to go out. Uh, but everywhere's gonna be a madhouse though because there's always like panic and yeah pandemonium i don't know it depends on the store but like every time i go to giant eagle especially it's always hopping that place is just busy yeah but if you go to like i don't know cvs yeah no it won't be bad there yeah no walmart yeah. That'll be bad. Yeah, yeah. Exacerbated by the fact that they'll probably have like four registers open. <laughs> if that. If- <sighs>
Maybe sometimes I just don't want to make a goddamn show today. And I don't want to make a goddamn show today. And I don't want to make a goddamn show today. And I don't want to make a goddamn show today. And I don't want to make a goddamn show today. And I don't want to make a goddamn show today. And I don't want to make a goddamn show today. And I don't want to make a goddamn show well, it's too bad, motherfucker. It's too bad. You made the commitment. You got to make it happen. Damn, you got people to buy tickets to see you. It's not about you. It's not about you. Get the fuck up. Keep breathing, baby. Get off stage and make that shit. It's not about you, you selfish motherfucker. People want to see you and support you. Hey, yo, y'all the ones that make this worthwhile. Y'all the ones that make this shit happen. Damn, when I see y'all in the crowd, Makes me happy, makes me wanna shout loud I'm improvising, I'm doing it for you every day And I'ma continue, don't think that I'm gonna stop I'm not gonna stop, baby, even if I just don't feel I don't wanna make a goddamn show Doesn't matter, baby, doesn't matter, yo, I'm gonna get up and do it And I don't wanna make a goddamn show No, it's all because of you that I'm doing this And thank you, baby, I don't wanna make a goddamn show I know it sounds like I'm being sour, but I'm really grateful And I don't wanna make a and I'm trying to convince myself to die I'll see you tonight, Zurich Welcome to the Shackcast, the official Shack News podcast of Shack News I'm your host, Amasif Khan, CEO, Editor-in-Chief, Chief Puppy Wrangler, but not this week, because David is wrangling Lola Bear. I've got her wrangled right now. She's pretty happy about it. Yeah. David making the long trek across the increasingly snowy streets of Canton, Ohio. Yeah, They're man. also mean. Mean and snowy. Mean snowy and mean. snowy. Mean and snowy. So, yeah, you know. Kind we, of a low-key podcast this week like news is slowly trickling out this year it's the calm before the storm on two fronts yeah you know on the snowstorm and also just uh with re2 coming out uh kingdom hearts 3 ace combat 7 just launched yeah uh there's still breath of the wild to play of course and beat yeah to beat that that on stream at some point yep uh so yeah there's a lot of stuff going on uh, we thought we'd catch up and do a podcast live from Ohio, which is largely becoming Shack News headquarters, I would say. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's last year was interesting, but uh, and you know we're I can't remember what episode we're on. I think forty eight, nine, somewhere around. We're there. close to fifty. We're getting really close to fifty. Yeah. So we'll throw a pizza party or something. Yes. At Krause's. Yeah, it's gonna have to be a Northeast Ohio pizza. Yeah. You know. It'll have to be Krause's. It'll have to be Krause's. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, because... Have you we... tried... I think I told you this once. That gyro spot, when they're open, I know. Mm. They make a mean pizza. Mm. They do. Mm. Ah. Mm. They make a mean pizza. I haven't gone back. Dude. No. I can't just show... If I if I show up at your place at nine and you're closed... Yeah, you're not wrong. And you used to be open till midnight. You are not wrong. No. Yeah. yeah, so I'll just go to Winking Lizard. Okay, fair enough. I know it's not the same. 
Well, I mean, the thing about the Northeast Ohio diet is we have many establishments to choose from. But also, I'm so close to some of them. You are. Like, I'm very close to Bombay Sitar. And I'm Swenson's. very close to Swenson's. Oh, yeah. God. You're a stone's you know, throw from Swenson's. You know how hard it is to not go to Swenson's? Like, when I have the opportunity to <laughs> not, to, like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I have to drive, like... 10 times is the and distance. Dude, Dressler right near like Chick-fil-A and That's such Kane's, a clusterfuck. It's a clusterfuck. The parking lots are busy too. And uh, It's like such a poorly designed area. It's so bad. A Chick-fil-A is, the, the uh, drive-thru line is always insane. What is Lola doing? Coughing up some oh, stuff. Oh, poor Lola. A little indigestion or something. Uh, but you, uh, you... You're kind of a, you're still a world traveler, but a little less so this year. I'm back. I'm yeah. back from my my first trip of the year. Yeah. So it took me a whole week of 2019 before I had to go on my first trip. Yeah. Because that's how CES rolls. <sighs> CES is by far, and I, I, I know people will be like, no, there's this game. This conference is hard. It's the worst. CES is the worst conference. In what ways? It's fucking long as shit. It's it massive. Like, yeah. This is like there's two hundred fucking thousand people there. The problem is, it's like it's too it's too broad, right? Yeah. Like any electronics for consumers, which these days is like everything. Everything's a fucking electronic. Yeah. A toaster is an electronic yeah. device. So it's like smart toasters at CES. There were. And, I'm sure. I'm sure there were. And it's just stupid. Like, yeah. there's so many problems being solved that don't exist. Right. And like, all these companies spend all this money on R and D for for what? Yeah. You know. And there's no offense to any of them. I get it. No. But like, but, it's just from a, from a media standpoint. Yeah. It is a grind because there's like a keynote on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. There's meetings on Monday. Then there's uh, Pepcom digital experience on Monday. The show hasn't even started yet. Right. Then the show floor opens on Tuesday. It sounded more and more like E3. It is. Yeah. It is E3. So then the the show floor opens on Tuesday. Then there's showstoppers afterwards. So you got to go to that. Yeah. So the first two days, first three days, it's like boom, boom, boom. And then the rest of the time is appointments. So it's yeah. just the only good thing I can say about this year, most of Greg and my appointments were off-site. We oh, didn't okay. have to go to the show floor very often. That's cool. So I only went to the show floor like three times all week. Yeah. But I was we were booked to appointments the whole, the whole six days. So, so it's like six days of a conference. Let me ask you something, because I've never been to CES, and, and God willing, I'll never have to go. But um, we see E3 kind of fading a little bit each year. Like this year, Sony's out, which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. But has CES, does it go through this waxing and waning? And if not, like why not? Why is it still this huge thing? It it does. It does go through that. Like Microsoft's not there anymore. Hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um but there's enough people there who believe in it. Okay. And it's also a huge uh it's a huge networking opportunity for suppliers and buyers, right? So the people who create the products and the people who or are the retailers. Mm. It's almost more of a retail event than it is a media event. Yeah. That's probably what makes it even more of a grind, right? Yeah. Because like, yeah. so, then you're, God, there's every fucking sales rep in the universe, yeah. right? Yeah. Whoever thought it was a good idea to bring a roller bag into into a convention needs to die. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. got, I got ran into in my shin like the <sighs> second day. 
I just wanted to fucking like stiff arm this lady. Yeah, dude. And I didn't. But I just looked at her like, get this fucking put it yeah. somewhere. Yeah. In a hotel room, you know, like Good Lord. Yeah. yeah. So you have people there who like don't get a hotel room. They just fucking like <laughs> exist. At live CES. out of this rolling suitcase. Yeah, literally live yeah. out of casino bathrooms and their their yeah. suitcase. And there's people who fucking do that for six days. And by day six, they're kind of ripe. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. It's just, and there's not, video games, I think would be a good example. Video games have waning presences. Sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. That's, I mean, a lot of uh, big video game related announcements used to take place at CES. Sure. Like the NES premiered there, I think, in the States. What was announced there, I think. First hands-on I ever had with the Wii U. Yeah, 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 yeah. Behind closed doors at CES. Yeah. And... But yeah, they weren't there this year. I guess I've just wondered because I know like one of the problems with E3s is a lot of developers and publishers have realized, you know, we can create our own news cycle, control messaging by having our own stream, kind of taking a page out of Nintendo's Nintendo playbook. Nintendo Direct, yeah. And like it makes sense that Microsoft would do that because they're so big. But even like these days, it doesn't matter how big you are. There's just so much noise, so much to compete with. Yep. And so I was just curious, like, why is CES still this big thing when companies like Microsoft, like NVIDIA can just create their own news cycle apart from all the noise sure um i think nvidia kind of likes the having the spotlight on them at ces uh, that makes sense because it's still this huge thing yeah you know you know there's still a lot of people there there's a lot of buyers there yeah. uh, a lot of potential partners there mm. you know in the case of nvidia you know you had origin pc there, dell's there like all of their partners are there so they're kind of there supporting them uh more than anything um but I agree with you. Like I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think that conferences are as necessary as they used to be. Conventions aren't as necessary as they used to be, like, unless you want hands-on. Unless you're doing something like uh, what Samsung did, which was just a giant "look at me" presentation. Mm. It was like, here's this 200-inch screen that you can't afford. We won't tell you how much it costs. I mean, that's that's kind of why I I will say I'm not as much of an electronics bus, buff as I am a games buff. But what I like about CES, I I like following the really extravagant, ridiculous yeah. unveilings, like the 200-inch screen. Like mm -hmm. I will never buy that, but like okay, that exists. Like it's yeah. kind of a cool thing to yeah. see. I, I think that's that's kind of what it's about is innovation and proving proof of concept. Yeah, and the head of CEA has done a really good job of keeping it relevant in that sense mm -hmm. by keeping innovation at the forefront of it. Um, but then at the end of the day, God, there's a lot of fucking massage chairs and there's a lot of drones and there's a lot of GoPro knockoffs. Yeah, you know, Here's a good example of how, e how CES has changed. Five years ago, the GoPro booth was massive. Mm -hmm. There was no GoPro booth this year. Really? Yeah, they're in, they're in a bad way. Wow. Um, so yeah, you just see you see companies ascend and fall at CES. That's so weird because GoPro to me is almost like they're like Kleenex. Like sometimes people say, "Can you pass me a tissue?" A lot of a lot of people say, "Can you pass me a Kleenex?" Yeah, sure. They're not all Kleenex, but it's so ubiquitous. And people say like, "Oh my GoPro," even if they're not talking about a GoPro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's they're action cameras. Yeah, that's really what they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think a better comparison is Xerox. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, let yeah. me just Xerox oh, like, that. I'm Can I get Xerox a Xerox? Yeah. And it's like, no, you're using a Canon to do that or yeah. using a brother. No, yeah. but I'm Xeroxing it. Right. That's what GoPro has become. Okay, yeah. And if you look at Xerox's stock chart, 
it kind of looks like GoPros. These these companies have their their springs, their summers, their falls, and then their winter. Mm-hmm. And GoPros entering a winter. Uh, I don't know if they're gonna they're, they're gonna make it. But yeah, like you see these. Good another good example. Oculus. Oculus mm-hmm. used to have a booth there two years ago. Oh, first CES? time I ever tried Oculus was at uh, at CES. Oh wow! Yeah, I tried the uh, the DK two predecessor, mm-hmm. Crystal Cove, mm-hmm. and uh, it was amazing. Yeah, that's that first picture of me looking goofy. I was going to ask like that's the one like Greg seems yeah. to almost every CES grabs a picture of me looking goofy in VR. <laughs> uh, this year I got to try out a VR uh, battle royale called Population One. Uh, which was very fun. It was it it was a lot like Fortnite. Mm-hmm. It had the almost the style of Team Fortress Two, mm-hmm. um, you know, polished, mm-hmm. and it had a climbing mechanic that was the the game focused on. That was, sounds kind of cool. It was really fun. It had a a verticality element, but you could jump off of buildings and then fly by holding your arms out. Mm. Oh wow, Nate! Yeah, yeah. It was it's really fun. That's a cool way to do locomotion. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no it. it they nailed it, and they spent a lot of money and time on re- refining their locomotion mechanics. So what platform was this on? It's going to be on all of them, uh, PSVR, HTC Ooh, Vive, wow, and, yeah. and okay. Oculus. Uh, I tried it on Vive because uh, that was the booth that I was at. Yeah. Uh, they were Vive was nice enough to have them there. Mm-hmm. It was the only game there. Wow. The rest of it was simulation stuff. I mean, like, this is something we have talked about extensively on this show, yeah. especially me. Like, I've always thought that, like, games in VR is kind of interesting to me, but simulations yeah. and experiences that you might not be able to have otherwise uh, is kind of, so, I think, what will make VR a bigger deal. There was a public speaking demo that focused on, they they added eye tracking to the headset. Oh. So it would pay attention to where you're looking. There was a baseball home run derby mm-hmm. that focused on eye tracking. Right. Nothing, nothing really shook me. Yeah, like uh, past years where I was like, "Oh my god, this is the next big thing." Mm-hmm. VR still chugging along. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. It's not going to the moon either. You yeah, know, it's just kind of there. Uh, Nvidia is making these. Yeah, you know, getting back to the show, just there's so many products that are being made that like solve problems that don't exist. Yeah, and that's that's that's. I fear that. You know, I've been to eleven of these in a row. Uh, so I, I went in two thousand eight. Yeah, that was just the beginning of the smartphone cycle. Yeah. So everyone was chasing Apple in two thousand eight. Right. Everyone was figuring out how to rip off Apple. Uh-huh. Right. That took them about five years. Yeah. Until they nailed it, and then yeah. Android took over the world. Right. Then everyone tried to figure out, well, how do we get on the Android bandwagon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you had LG, Samsung. Everyone started coming at at that. 10 years into this 12 years into the iphone cycle what is there left to do with multi-touch they're putting it on fucking everything facebook portal (laughs) google home all these different products they're putting multi-touch on greg and i saw the dumbest product we've ever seen at the show oh my goodness it was called brilliant the dumbest product i've ever seen is called brilliant it is a replacement for your light switch that has multi-touch and a front-facing camera. Why do you need a fucking front-facing camera on your light switch? None of that sounds necessary for no. the functionality of a, life, a light no, switch. No, none of it. Actually, it made it harder to use than a regular light uh, switch. Uh, of course it did, because technology. Yeah, so like that's where we're at in this innovation cycle, is where mm. we have this 10-year-old technology that's now cheap enough to go on everywhere. 
Another thing I saw that was like, okay, I kind of get it, but it was also horrible. Mm-hmm. It was called the Flex Pi. It's a flexible phone. It's a phone that's a tablet. It's basically the size of an iPad mini. Oh. And then you fold it in half and it's a phone. I mean, that okay, that's yeah, that's kind of interesting. I, I could see using that. Like, I, and a lot of times, yes, it, you could see using it, but it was super fucking clunky. Oh, and of like course. the bezel was massive, Ooh, and you could see a crease yeah. where you bend it. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. So, yes, generation two, four, four, you know what I mean? Like, I'll hold on for generation watch, four. Samsung's gonna release one this year, too. Uh, oh, they are, yeah, but that's solving. Like, I've never was like, man, I really wish I could fold my tablet in half i never felt that way no and i thought we i thought the brilliance of apple before jobs died was that he tried to remove moving parts yeah not had not add a hinge them yeah the bezel was massive on this thing yeah so yeah this company royal royale royal i think it is uh, they make i don't understand who is buying these things Mm mm-hmm uh, but they made, they were just showing off their flexible displays. They had a top hat with a screen on it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, this is where we're at now. We're just putting screens on everything. <laughs> you know, there's a screen on your refrigerator. There's a screen on the light switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, I feel like we're at an innovation gap. Mm-hmm. Whereas in 2008 and nine, we were at the very beginning of a revolution. Mm-hmm. You know, 2009, that's when Netflix announced live streaming. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. For sure. And now 2019, Apple announces iTunes on rival TVs. Like, that's a big deal. That is. Apple also spent a ton of money on this giant, obnoxious sign that they painted on a building that said, What happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. Literally across from CES. That's so, so they don't attend CES, yeah. but they paid money to have a sign there. Yeah. And you know what was opposite of it? What? A train, the you know, there's a monorail in Vegas. Yeah, the monorail had "Hey Google" painted on. <laughs> wow. So it was it, that was just an interesting dichotomy there. Uh, Google was very present. Google is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Amazon Alexa is clearly the the leader in whatever that thing is. The what whole is voice. that? Like virtual assistant, home assistant. Yeah, home automation assistant. I don't know what you want to call yeah. it. Whatever it is, they're leading. Yeah. Um. But it's, I don't want it. Yeah, you know, I've never, I don't own a single one of those. The only voice assistant I have is fucking Siri, and I hate her. I don't, yeah. She's awful. Yeah, she But, is. like, I don't have any desire to buy an Amazon Alexa or an Echo or any of that stuff. It's funny because anecdotally, I know a lot of people who got either an Alexa or Echo. I, I know so little about them. I don't even know if they're, like, the same thing. I don't, and if they're not, I don't really know the difference. I don't know that. I think one's smaller. Okay, I guess that makes sense. I don't know what the difference is. I, I guess it's because I think we talked about this where like since you and I are of an age where we, we grew up with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So I I entered technology cautiously. Like I love it, but I entered it cautiously. And so the idea of something that's potentially always listening yeah. is just weird to me. Oh yeah, no, I don't I don't like that at all. Yeah. Um I did see like there's just incremental things that you can see at the show. Mm-hmm. So like I had never seen a laptop with 64 gigs of RAM. Oh, no. Come to think of it, neither have I. So that's something. Yeah. Origin PC has. Is that expensive? It would have to be expensive. Uh, Yeah. The thing is, RAM prices have fallen precipitously in the last year. 
So it's cheaper than it was a year ago to make this. I just know that like laptop hardware is always more expensive than desktop. That's hardware. true. Um, but yeah, Origin PC has some really cool laptops that I think hmm. that might be my next laptop. Cool. Uh, and this is a guy who only uses MacBooks. 64 gigs. Yeah. Hell, I mean, at home, that's something you could like just hook it up to a monitor and you're a monitor, a keyboard, mouse, and boom. You know, exactly. You're desktop. But I'm I'm thinking just the fall off and productivity I have from having to use a MacBook for editing video or something. Yeah. If I could have a 64 gig worth of RAM with an i9 in it. Yeah. And oh yeah. Also RTX. Yeah. Like it has the NVIDIA 10 uh, 2080 in it. Yeah. So it's like high end video Good editing. Lord. Yeah. Uh, portably. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's interesting. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's incremental innovation, though. There's nothing like revolutionary about shoving more RAM into a thing. No. It, it, not, no, no fault on their part. Like it's just, it's just incremental. Yeah. Like you're not, it's iteration yeah. more than, yeah. so no one, you know, like I, I wrote, a, I wrote a piece recently about Apple not reinventing television. Mm hmm. And you know, I, which is I, something that Jobs wanted to do, right? Like, yeah, pretty clearly. Yeah, stated multiple times that he had thought he had figured something out. Right? Maybe he didn't. Maybe it was that stupid Apple TV remote that I hate. You know, like I don't know, but we'll never know now because no. they gave up. Yeah. But you know, when I when I look at innovation in the whole sector, who's doing it? Like, where's the innovation coming from right now? No. I feel like we're just at a natural plateau yeah. that occurs after. 12 years of smartphones mm -hmm. and the app economy every app that we need is there mm -hmm. every multi-touch revolution gesture is there yeah like what's left it's all going to be incremental from here yeah i i don't know i've i've thought about that a lot recently like smartphones were huge yeah. the advent of smartphones was a was a game changer especially in 2008 what was it like july 2008 when the app store went online yeah like, sure. that was like the missing piece the other half of smartphones yeah but like what is the next thing like i i heard there were like 8k tvs there yes well the human i can't even really like see that level of detail i right? mean i mean the differences between 4k and 8k tv to the naked eye have to be minute right yes like, negligible I my problem is we live here in Ma in the Maslin Cable territory. <laughs> yeah, so. I can't even stream 1080p. Yeah, how am I, I? I can't stream 4K. No, let alone 8K. There's you like know, barely any content being shot in 4K. One reason I'm I'm a very I guess hesitant consumer when it comes to technology is because I feel like technology has a habit of leaping forward it's technology to me is like a house on stilts mm -hmm. instead of fortifying the foundation they just keep adding on to the house and i don't feel like again like you like you hit the nail on the head like you can't even stream a lot of content in 4k yeah so why are we already moving on to 8k yeah i don't know this seems like the next like 3d tv or curved tv fad to me yeah like I mean, it's it's Maybe. it's kind of like science. Like a lot of people are like, well, science needs to have a point. I disagree. I like to see things happen just because they can happen. I think it's cool that that two hundred inch screen exists. Yeah, but is it really like going to change things? No. Maybe. I, I think that what the tech they showed in the wall, it's basically modular LEDs that you can put together to make any size display. That's a proof of concept of that technology. But yeah. it's probably so expensive that it wouldn't make sense to make a 50-inch TV out of it. That's almost something I consider like the VCR syndrome. Like VCs didn't become ubiquitous until 
there was people could afford them. Yeah, you know, like the middle class could afford them. Yeah, so but that's what I mean. Like it was one of these moments where everyone was grasping for, hey, this is what we're doing that's cool. And I looked around. And I'm like, I don't want to buy any of this. Yeah, except for a laptop with 64 gigs of RAM, and like that's even that's, that. Like that's just like here's more. Yeah, of, it's just yeah. more of the same. The other thing I saw, you remember 17 inch laptops? Yeah, they're back. Really? Yeah. Hmm. You want one? No. There you go. Nope. So they're back. So the return of the 17-inch screen. Right. You know? So it's like little things were there where I was like, okay. You know? I, but for the most part, it seemed like an industry grasping for straws. An industry that's really desperate for a visionary. You know? And yes, Jobs is dead. But like, I don't, I don't see anyone. I don't see any company out there that I can point to that's like, yep, that's the it product right now. The thing and is... You know, oddly enough... Nintendo Switch, yeah. That, I mean, that's that is still in it product, especially like it's this an year. amazing product. They're gonna refresh her it, tail. Right? Stuck. Yeah, her tail is stuck. There you go, Lola. There you go. <laughs> uh, the, I, I guess they're gonna refresh it this year. I, I was thinking about visionaries, and the closest I can think of is Elon Musk, but I don't really consider him in the same space that Jobs was because Jobs made a lot of consumer products. Yeah, a lot of. Elon's products are brilliant, but they're big picture stuff. Mm -hmm. There's stuff that he's going to have to convince like governments and city boards, et cetera, to get to yeah. kind of throw in with. I think the closest to consumer that he has is Tesla. Yeah. You know, and the Model 3 specifically. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. But even, I mean, luxury cars are still consumer products. They they're are. They're not broad market but products. Like, but like, yeah. now everyone has a smartphone, right? Yeah. What's the next thing that, who's going to come along and make the next thing that everyone is going to have? I think electric vehicles are that thing. I do. Hmm. I don't necessarily think it's just Tesla, but I think that yeah. the electric vehicle, if we look at the next, the growth curve for electric vehicles in the next 20 years. Mm hmm. I think we're going to get close. It, right now, it's like less than 1% of the global fleet is electric. In 20 years, we're going to be closer to 20 to 50%. Do you think that uh, electric cars and self-driving cars are going to kind of merge? Yes. Yeah, I could see that going that yes, way. Yeah. big time. Yeah. And that's where Tesla is in the lead. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I do think Tesla is one of the most innovative companies in the world. I think that Nintendo has always done this amazing job of doing something new with parts that are old yes and that's, that's what like that, far back is like game and watch yeah you know so i think that they've done that again with switch switch was all over the show floor mm -hmm. they didn't pay a dollar for it yeah nico was showing off switch products you mm -hmm. know there's all sorts of different things there um but yeah it's i feel like we're in an innovation gap and that is going to create a recession in technology I just I see it coming. I can see, yeah I, I can see that it's um, a lot like PCs in the early two thousand. Yeah, PC had it's like from early nineties to two thousand had a big growth curve, and it kind of flatlined for about five ten years, mm -hmm. and then PCs came out again with better RAM. Oh, there goes Lola. Yeah, off the couch for the first time. First time off the couch. You want yeah. your Bobo? I'm trying to think about how to put this in the words. Like Nintendo doesn't. They don't just recycle parts and use them in new ways or different ways, I should say. They tend to take existing technology and present it in a way you maybe didn't think of. Like, yeah, exactly. We've we've we knew about dual screens and touch screens, but then the DS was like, oh, here now use it to play games. And so I wonder if the next big thing will be taking what we have and presenting it 
in a different way. I mean, this is kind of a flawed example, but like that thing you mentioned about the tablet that folds in half, mm-hmm. it's a flawed product, but I kind of like the idea because in, in like a, a waiting room, I get out my phone and I read mm-hmm. and I got a plus size phone because I want the text to be easy to read. But sure. I'm like, man, if I could carry on my iPad, I totally would. Mm-hmm. So I could almost see something like that where like I expand it to full size to read while I'm sitting. But then when I get back in the car, it's my phone again. Mm-hmm. So like, that's what I wonder. That's a form of iteration. But again, just to go back to Nintendo, they're brilliant at taking pre-existing things and just saying, here's something old that you can use in this new way. Yep. I almost think like maybe we're there for a while uh-huh. because smartphones were the last like big game changer. Like yeah. now you can leave your house with a smartphone and you've got so many things. You've got GPS, you've got uh, a way to like order food, find food. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. You know what? It's not, and it makes me sad. It's not AR. No, we are not anywhere close to a breakthrough AR product. I would have put my money on AR, but yeah, it's not there it's yet. It's not there. Yeah. And the smartphone might end up being the best AR product we get for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's not AR. And yeah. I, I really was hopeful that yeah. we would see an AR product that would be a killer app. Is the Microsoft Lens still... HoloLens? HoloLens yeah. Is that still a thing? Yeah, it's, they... it's in dev kit, though. It's not... Okay. They don't have a final version. Okay. They have never set a release date or a consumer price for it. That thing, like, I think was the last consumer-grade product, tech product, that got me, like, super excited. Because mm-hmm. I've always been more interested in AR than VR. I think it's more palatable for more people. Yeah. I just think the resolution of AR screens kind of sucks ass. Yeah, that's valid. So, like, I don't want to... I don't want AR that looks like Star Fox. Yeah. I'm talking SNES. Yeah, I, I know. Like, I <laughs> yeah. don't I don't want that. No. I want something that literally augments reality. Mm-hmm. And we're just not there yet. No. I saw so many ham-fisted products that are you know, you know how many companies told me, "Oh yeah, AR." Or how many companies like, "Yeah, we have proprietary computer vision and machine learning and AI." These are just buzzwords everyone's throwing at you. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so what do you do with that? Right. You know, and I'm like, this is the product that we're getting out of this. So I'm just, I was almost universally unimpressed by AR at the show. And mm-hmm. everyone's, that's like the hot money that we're trying to catch right now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where the stupid VC money went after VR. Yeah. yeah. They're chasing AR. Mm-hmm. It's not ready. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're not going to see anything from Apple in that respect. It's why Google Glass failed. It's why HoloLens isn't out. It's why Magic Leap is fumbling around. Yeah. So it's not AR. Uh, I do think AI is important, and I think that there's going to be breakthroughs there. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to directly impact consumers, and it's not no. going to be a product outside of an Alexa or something yeah. that you can buy. But uh, I'm talking more about these uh, the deep mind. Uh, product mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Google that has learned how to cheat. Yeah, have you heard about that? I have. Uh, so yeah. like that kind of stuff is interesting to me, but I I feel like that's not gonna be. You're not gonna be able to point to that and be like, that's the next hundred billion dollar a year industry. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if there is one right now. Yeah. So I just feel like the natural slowdown that we're now seeing, not just in Apple, but also with Samsung. They both have guided their their first this quarter coming up. Mm-hmm. They both said that they did worse than expected. Wow! So it's, it, when you have the t- two of the largest smartphone makers in the world saying business isn't good, right? Guess what? Business isn't good because people like how, what phone do you have? 
I have a 6S Plus. A 6S Plus. You yeah. bought that how many years ago? Yep, about four. Four years? Yep. People are not upgrading phones every year. No. You know? Mm-mm. That that early on? Sure. Oh, yeah, early on. But iPhone 1 to 3G, huge yeah, jump. Yeah, that was huge. 3G to 3GS was even big. Yep. The 4, mm-hmm. massive jump. Yeah. 5 was a big deal. Mm-hmm. 6 was a big deal. Eh, 7. Yeah. Meh, 8. Yeah. Now here's the 10. Yeah. 10 is, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But not 10S? No. No. I'm not, like, I'm the per, I have plenty of money. I could buy all the phones I fucking want. Yeah. I bought, how many switches did I buy for Shackmas? Like six? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I yeah. could buy it. Yeah. I don't want it. This phone works perfectly fine. That's the thing. I used to get a phone every two years back when carriers would subsidize upgrades. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, well, there's really no reason to like run out and get a new one. And yep. I, I think we're down to like, you have the enthusiast crowd who line up for every new box because it's a new box. Mm-hmm. But that has never been me. That's never been what drives company results either. No, no. Early no. adopters, sure, they help, but they are not what makes a company or Mm-mm. breaks a company. Mm-mm. And that's where I think it's not just Apple. It's across the board. People are holding onto their phones longer. Yeah. People hold onto their tablets longer. Mm-hmm. People hold onto their laptops longer. Right. Um, that's a problem. And that's that's gonna that's what I mean. Like we're set up so perfectly for a slowdown in tech. Yeah, well, the other thing is, if we are on the verge of an economic recession, mm-hmm. even fewer people are going to upgrade. They're yeah, going to hang on the their phones Who the fuck can afford a $1,200 iPhone? Right. When you just got fired. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that's the problem. Yeah. And when Tesla's firing people, and GM's firing people, mm-hmm. and GE's firing people, this is not going to end well. No. You know, it's like, I, I just, I, I know, like, I, I'm not super bearish. I'm not. Mm-hmm. But I'm neutral. That's how I describe myself. Mm. I, I own stocks. I own cash. I short Facebook intraday sometimes because mm. it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love making money off the tiers of Facebook shareholders. Yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. good. Mm-hmm. If I can make all, if I can fund Shack News solely off of that, that would be a great, a great <laughs> year. Um, but yeah, I just I don't see the point in a lot of these products that I saw there. And I just feel like we're at we're in an innovation gap mm-hmm. at the very least, mm-hmm. where maybe they did have something cool at Apple, maybe it costs too much, maybe there's something wrong with the tech. Like imagine if they released iPad in 2003, it would have yep. cost like 10 grand, yeah, and it would have sucked, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like we might be in a situation like that mm-hmm. where these companies are holding on to stuff. Microsoft realizes Hololens isn't ready for prime time yet, yeah. So they're not going to force that. Yeah. I'm, I'm also wondering, like, hardware is kind of the stage and software is the actors. Oh, she's she's out, man. She's, she's not snoring. Snoring. She's not in her bed snoring. I told you, man. She was so, like, happy and pumped when I got here. She just tired herself out. <laughs> that um, happens. I'm, also, I'm wondering if, like, maybe the next big thing will be something we use on a product we already have. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, again, the advent of the app store. We have this phone, and now we have a way to basically turn our phone into something else. Uh, I but, don't know what that would be. But hasn't everything been made on the app store? That's that's what I was going to say. Like, like I How many times of, can they clone balls? Yeah. Because I still get – the they know how much I love balls because on Instagram and Twitter, I get ads for other ball games. Yeah. And I'm like, nope. I've nope, been down no that thanks. road. I'm good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, there's a Yelp. There's – 
yeah there's everything yeah like what that's that's my problem is like i think the app store the greatest thing to ever happen to software development Mm -hmm. but it's kind of done yeah like i i just i don't see where the innovation is going to come from and i and clearly the industry is not growing anymore Mm -hmm. so that's this is going to be really ugly a lot of companies are going to go under we we need this yeah we need business cycles Mm -hmm. it's how the economy works right you grow you die Mm -hmm. and then you grow again yep you know so we need companies to die we need we need other we need rival websites to roll over and die Mm -hmm. you know it's just that's the nature of the beast it's 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 how it's it's economic darwinism yeah 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 yeah. uh and yeah i think that the 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 right companies will survive you know like apple will survive Mm -hmm. google will survive microsoft will be fine these companies aren't going away Mm -mm. but they're just I think they're running into an innovation gap where there's not really outside of like cloud what's going on with cloud services. That's a long-term trend Mm -hmm. away from the terminal towards processing things in the cloud. Mm -hmm. So that's where Microsoft and Amazon and Google, they're in the right place right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like, I just wonder, you know, Netflix just reported their earnings yesterday. Like, what are they going to do that's going to make you... Are you you're a Netflix sub, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you need from them right now? Like, are you, is there something that you're like, man, I really wish they would do this? No, not really. They're just kind of... they're Keep doing what you're doing, right? Yeah. So it's like, there's nothing new that's right. going to come from that. Mm-hmm. And if anything, there's more risks involved, because now Disney's pulling out, and like, yeah. Time Warner's going to pull out. Mm-hmm. So... They're raising prices at Netflix at a time where they're going to have less content. Yeah, I actually am considering like letting my I let Amy and I let our subscription lapse until I think we resubbed in November, and it was specifically to watch the first two seasons of The Good Place and to well and to rewatch The Office. Mm-hmm. And like now that we've done that, yeah, I'm in we season, hear about I'm in season five of The Office right now. My probably four thousand three watches. Yeah, I, I love show. that show. It's great. It's still great. Um, I think The Good Place is the new Office, by the way. I think it could be. Yeah. I did really you, did, I, are you caught up? I'm I'm caught up on seasons one and two. Have you watched three? I'm considering buying is three done? No. Okay. I'm considering buying a season pass on Amazon because we liked the first two seasons so much. It's that, great. Yeah. It is I'm, it's I'm a great show. I'm caught up on it right now. They just had the show last night. I was going to say we should like this might have to be our next topic of conversation but like I, f- I figure you as a philosophy buff I can see uh-huh. why you really Enjoy oh the show. yeah, the conversations oh, and no, the examples they're, they're are super it. on point. Yeah. yeah, there's a. I don't want to spoil anything. Um, there's just there's an episode where they talk about free will versus determinism, mm-hmm. and I wrote extensively about that in college. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they nailed it. That's cool. There's this one scene where I'm like, God, that's perfect. I've heard about that. So it's yeah. something between. Uh, ted danson and Kristen bell right that's right yeah okay you've yeah. talked about it before yeah. yeah there's a scene there where i'm like god damn they nailed it and yeah. like whoever's writing for that show definitely read a lot of philosophy i almost wonder if like you know in a lot of shows that go into specialty areas they have consultants mm-hmm. i almost wonder if they have ph- philosophy i imagine consultants. they do but also like, it's funny so many comedians uh majored in philosophy uh jimmy kimmel philosophy mm-hmm. major oh really yeah it's like random mm-hmm. uh but yeah you'll 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 find that there's a lot of people who majored in philosophy because they didn't want to major in english 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so they ended up majoring in philosophy. But you write a shit ton when you're a philosophy major. It's like mm-hmm. what you do. Mm-hmm. All you do is create arguments and then right. defend your arguments. Right. Um, no, it's great. And I, I think Chidi is such a good character. He is. Yeah. And that amazing casting job. He's so good. That actor is perfect. I'm really liking everyone. Like I, I saw, oh, everyone's like, great. Janet has become more of like a person, a uh-huh. human, because of all the reboots she went through. Yeah, sure. Um, mild spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mild spoilers, but like, yeah. Uh, season one stuff, really. Yeah. Um, I really like Eleanor's arc. Uh-huh. I think that's been very satisfying. I really liked. Um, She's great. Michael's arc. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's great. Um, but there's so many times where Chidi says something where I'm like, oh man. I, I I don't know if I'm just gravitating to him, but he, I feel like him and Eleanor are very, they do an amazing job together mm-hmm. of explaining philosophy yeah, to they people do. In, in a way that's like not boring because philosophy can be boring as shit. It, it and can. It's, and this is not. They no. make it super entertaining. This is really like uh, pop culture philosophy, the the show. Yeah, I've told you about like I actually like the pop culture philosophy books. I have one on Zelda, Batman, uh-huh. Seinfeld. They're fun to read, and they make they they make philosophy uh, palatable to the mainstream by yeah. applying it to pop culture. And I feel like the Good Place has kind of done that because like every story needs. I don't remember the literary device, but like you need a character who knows nothing so that another character can explain it to yep. them. Like Harry Potter being new to the wizarding world. Yep. Eleanor is that. She never gave a shit about ethics because she was a terrible person. Yep. So Chidi is perfect because he's like, all right, square one of being a moral and ethical person. What I really like what he does, though, I like it when he talks about uh, how philosophies, often when they intersect, it's kind of like a car wreck because a lot of mm-hmm. philosophies contradict each other. Like yep. you can't, it's really hard to live by like more than one mm-hmm. because they're constantly like their edicts and their tenets will change. That's absolutely or conflict. true. Yeah. And uh, the show does a, a really good job of showing that. Oh man. And it's, uh, it's interesting because I, I guess personally I kind of identify with existentialism mm-hmm. more than anything. Mm-hmm. And when you're an existentialist, you battle with nihilism constantly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's, I don't know if it was, it might have been season three. There's an episode where they do that. There's there's clearly a character who does that, ha- has that internal battle. Hmm. And I was like, wow, they did a great job with that too. Uh, it's just, it's interesting because uh, it's a show about the afterlife, right? Yeah. And it, at the same time, like while they're they're claiming this is what the afterlife is like there's a constant debate of what it means to be a good person right and i think that's what's amazing about the show yeah is that it's they're not they don't say christianity was right right they don't say islam was right or judaism was right they don't say if buddhism was right they just kind of describe what it means to be a good person and i think that's like super that's a super important message that you doesn't it doesn't matter what label you attach to it right that like kant's philosophy of the you know categorical imperative Mm -hmm. it it's amazing to see how they kind of wrap everything into this one this universe this, yeah. this philosophy that they've created yeah that kind of pulls strands from everything without excluding anything yeah it's really an interesting message and a lot of people are skeptical of the show and 
I know some people who flat out hate it, and I'm like, eh, yeah. Why do they hate it? Are these philosophy people who hate no. it? No. No, okay. No one I know, I haven't talked, God, I haven't talked to any of my philosophy friends about it, honestly, because um, they're all, I don't know, they're all lawyers and shit now. Oh, boy. <laughs> Speaking of leading an ethical life. Yeah, they went the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. See, like, so after college, I was sitting there, and I had in I had I literally had an LSAT prep book, and I had the CPA prep book. <laughs> that's your that's your crossroads. Yeah, right I was there, I was man. sitting at a crossroads. Yeah, yeah. Twenty three yeah. year old Asif just staring at these two books, <laughs> and I'm like, "There's more lawyers in law school than there are lawyers in practice right now." Yeah. So I'm like, that seems like a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I kind of hated lawyers. Right. Then there's CPA, and I was like, well, money's not going out of business. There's always going to be a need for this job. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'll go that way. Yeah. So that was the I, – I was at that crossroads. The other – I didn't even look at it, but I could have gone into teaching, mm-hmm. which would have been a horrible decision. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think I'd be good at it, but not really a whole lot of money in teaching. Right. Uh, not really a whole lot of money in law these days. Not really a whole lot in accounting either because I was trying to become an auditor in 2007 the height of financial fraud mm-hmm. and i couldn't get a job right that seems wrong yeah uh but yeah like it, i i was a philosophy major who went into accounting and i wanted to go into audit because i was sick of fraud yeah so it was definitely i wanted to apply some sort of moral philosophy to it mm-hmm. i found out very quickly that business does not care about morals right and that it <laughs> was not really for me uh, do you find that those two interests – I mean, you are a businessman, mm-hmm. uh, but you you love philosophy. Do those often clash Yeah, for you? Um, yes. But at the same time, uh, the psychology element of philosophy, you know, philosophy of the mind, uh, can help when looking at market psychology. Hmm. So I think it's helped me uh, a little. But, for instance, like – I bought Goldman Sachs about a month ago. Mm-hmm. I bought the stock. They're a pretty horrible company. They've done terrible things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought it because I thought I could make money, mm-hmm. not because I thought they were a good company. So I have to suspend yeah. what I think about a company when I buy it. Now, here's a great example. Twitter. I sold that stock because of my my philosophical d- disagreement with how they run the company. Yeah. I do love your your tweets and retweets at them, by the way. Yeah, right? I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, hey, you could ban Nazis whenever. Yeah. Stop verifying Nazis, white supremacists. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. So, like, there is a line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but historically, the way I viewed it is I will buy Philip Morris or Altria is what mm-hmm. they're called. Mm-hmm. Make money off of it and then turn around and donate the money to Cancer Society. Mm. So I feel like there's a way to karmically balance it out. But yes, I do run into that. And I think Twitter's a good example of that, where my phil- my philosophical opinion probably differed from what I would have done financially. I ask because and I'm not saying you are, but you know, like statistically there are a lot of sociopaths on Wall Street. Oh, big time. And it's because to survive and thrive there a lot you of have cokeheads too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have to be like amoral at best but often immoral. Uh-huh. And I have to wonder like yeah, you know, business oftentimes you have to just kind of like leave your feelings at the door and be cutthroat. I think the best thing about my path I never worked on Wall Street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was an independent investment advisor representative for my own company that I started with my best friend. Most of my clients were friends of mine or family friends. We raised about a million dollars twice 
I think at our peak we had like 17 clients and a million dollars under management, yeah. which sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like so we at that whole time, I I never I acted as a fiduciary. I never acted in my own interests. That's what's different from being a broker to being an investment advisor. Mm-hmm. A broker is selling you shit. Mm-hmm. Someone comes into Goldman Sachs on Monday and says, hey, we have to sell all of this fucking Sears before they go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. So then they get on the horn and they're like, hey, you got to buy Sears. It's a great stock. They know it's going bankrupt, but they're selling you Sears. Yeah, That's the immoral behavior on the street. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was trying to educate individual investors what I did to succeed. Mm -hmm. That's why people came to me. Mm -hmm. So I never felt when I was working in financial services that I was doing anything immoral. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I found was that if if I had lied, if I had cheated, Mm -hmm. I would have gotten ahead further. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Instead, (laughs) you know, we we had... uh, Regulators will occasionally look over your books or whatever. It's not like an audit, but it's just like compliance yeah 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 so we had a compliance review and i remember the uh the lady who was doing is like oh you guys are the ones who give free advice for the first ten thousand dollars under management like laughing at us Mm -hmm. because it was like how like how stupid are these guys that they're not ripping off these poor people yeah and i was like yes that is what i do because it was (laughs) an incentive like if you're like think about how many people don't have more than ten thousand dollars but want to invest Mm -hmm. why i I'm like we took 1.1% of assets under management for the year. That mm-hmm. was our fee. That's like uh, that's like $110 to someone with 10,000 in our in an yeah. account. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take your $110. Mm-hmm. I'd rather put that in there so you can grow it. Right. Uh so no, I I I don't feel like I ever had to compromise my morals as when I worked in financial services, but when I manage my company, mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to at least look at things, and I there's what I think a company is worth, and if I think the company's a piece of shit, you know, and yeah, it's it's a balance. Uh, Facebook's a good example of a company that I hate that I also think is overvalued, so that's really easy, yeah, to beat up on. Mm-hmm. No one is upset when I tell them I made money shorting Facebook. Yeah. No one's like, oh, awesome, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, fuck Facebook. Yeah. You know, so I, I feel like there's going to be moments like that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, no, I haven't run into that. But I know people on Wall Street who I think have their their soul mm-hmm. has been damaged yeah. from being on the street and from working for those big firms. I think I was thinking about this during during your um, explanation, which which I really liked. I think... To sum up why, one reason I like The Good Place, one reason may, why maybe it's so successful is, you know when you're in school and you're in algebra class and your teacher's like, you guys are going to need this, and you're like, what? When? You don't use algebra. But in fact, you do. Yeah. You use algebra every day. Sure. I think The Good Place is like the algebra of of a philosophy like crash course in fiction. It's like, here's mm-hmm. how, because, because The Good Place, the setting is like this facsimile of real life. Yeah. And so Eleanor, between looking back on situations in her life and existing in the good place, is realizing, oh, actually, here's how philosophy does apply yeah. to people on the street. You know, she's not up in an ivory tower where a lot of people think philosophers just sit and think. Mm-hmm. 
she's just a person and here's how philosophy applies. I think the show does a great job of applying it to people. Mm -hmm. No. And I, I think, uh, it's, that's a super important message that moral philosophy is for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, especially people who are atheists. Oh, for sure. Cause I, I like my best friend's atheist and like, he's still a moral person. Mm hmm. And I, I think it's possible to be moral and not believe in a deity. Yeah. And I think that so frequently in this country, it, we're, we're very puritanical that you have to be Christian to be a good person. You have to be a, a God-fearing person. Yeah. You know? And that this this show has really shown that, no, it's not just about that. Actually, I think you get more points for being a Cleveland Browns fan. You do. I, I saw that. You saw it in the first the, episode? In the pilot, I actually, like, Amy and I paused and were like, what are all this stuff? And it was like, Cleveland Browns fan. It was like 300,000 points yeah, or something. Yeah, lifelong Cleveland so Browns ridiculous. fan. You get like 300,000 points. But, you know, like, to, to take the idea of a scoring system of morality yeah. and to break it down that incrementally is hilarious to I, me. I think one of the reasons the show is brilliant is Eleanor asked, I believe the question most people would ask if they find themselves in the afterlife, she says like, Oh, who got it right? Mm-hmm. And Michael's like, well, Christians had like 5% yeah. and Muslims had 5%. Doug Forsett. Yeah. Doug Forsett. He's got that portrait <laughs> on the wall. It's great. Doug Forsett got 95% right. And he was Yeah. That's a great backstory. Exactly. And Michael's like, I'm really lucky to have that. Eleanor's like, okay. <laughs> you know, but, um, <laughs> I think, so I was uh, raised in the church, as yeah, they sure. say. My 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 grandfather, my dad's side, was a minister. My dad was a minister, but he had a very realistic way of looking at things. And I also experienced some things from leaders in our church that made me question, like, you guys are just putting on a song and dance, obviously. Yeah. And what really gets me, I once read, I think it's called The Purpose Driven Life, I think, at Rick yeah. Warren. And I fucking hated that book yeah. because it drives home what I found to be the worst meshes of Christianity, which is doesn't matter what the hell you do down here. You're just buying equity for what to get up there. And that's, I think, what's important about moral philosophy and atheism. Atheists, atheists aren't worried about like leaving, leading a good life so they can get into, you know, through the pearly gates. Uh-huh. They're just trying to be good people. Yeah. They're just not trying to be evil. Yeah. And like, I think that's like, like, like you said, like it's moral philosophy for the person on the street, regardless of their religious beliefs, yep. if any. Yeah. That's I what think I think. That's great. That's what I think so good and pure about the show mm-hmm. is that they really did an amazing job of nailing that down. Yeah. And, uh, no, I hope it goes on for a long time. I do think it's, it's a challenging show to write. I would, I would have to be. It's gotta be really tough to write. And, I wonder if at the end of a season they know what they're doing the next season. I really wonder because it's like this season three, man. Wow. Does it take some turns? That's cool. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's really good. I feel like they have really good character archetypes. You have Janet who's supposed to, like she's not human at all. She's basically the, Mm -hmm. the afterlife equivalent of a cyborg. Then you have Michael who's what he is yeah and then like eleanor chidi uh michael mendoza i love that guy i think he's hilarious uh-huh. and what's what's the other girl's name what's shoot oh, uh, tahani tahani 
they're all different enough that I feel like they covered a really good spectrum of characters. Yeah. There. And what, what what I really liked is uh, there was an episode, again, I don't want to delve too deep in the spoilers, but there were a lot of episodes where Michael kind of pointed out where here's where you think you did a good thing, but it was actually selfish mm-hmm. because I feel like that's a good way to make people think like kind of rethink their their motivations yep because I think everybody looks at their motivations through rose tinted glasses yep. if you take those off like that's what you're really thinking that's why you really want to do yeah. this you know oh no I, they did an amazing job mm-hmm. of that the motivation yeah of your actions mm-hmm. and how that affects the morality of your actions yes people don't think about that no and i think that's why some people flat out don't like the show is it makes them think <laughs> yeah i bet and, it does and it's not everyone wants to think when they watch tv some people just want to watch the titan games yeah have you seen that uh the rock show yeah i haven't seen it yet oh dude you gotta watch it is it fun it's fucking amazing okay. it's like the rock made american gladiators <laughs> that and does, like every that single test yeah. rock created oh man it's like got rock all over it I need like to he's see like that. Yeah. you have to take this giant ball that's on a rope and like swing it and knock over a pillar <laughs> it's just like stupid shit yeah it has the equi- okay. you remember guts on nickelodeon yes i do yeah. it has the equivalent of the aggro crag but for adults oh it's so good that's that's what i mean like people need mindless entertainment like that but then the same channel has the good place yeah but i think the people who don't like it it's it's probably because it's making them think or it's making them think about morality and maybe they're not moral people maybe they're satanists yeah because sometimes a, a, a satanist would look at that show and be like fuck this show yeah you know, like they're like, I don't, I don't give a fuck about being a good person. Like an anarchist wouldn't give a fuck about that show. Right. So that's why, like, having studied every possible moral philosophy and the opposite of moral philosophy, like, mm-hmm. I get how it would rub people the wrong way. Yeah. But my brother loves that show. Like I love that show. Like I told you about. It. You're you're digging it. Yep. Blake's all about it. Uh, everyone I've talked to that's into it like loves it. I, it's not. It's not like oh yeah, I, I watch it when it's on. No, 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 no. It's like you're either in or you're out. Yeah, I, I'm trying to get my friend Andrew into it because he he is he majored in the philosophy of science, mm-hmm. and so uh, I think he'd really like it. Oh yeah. I think what what would you say is like the polar opposite of moral philosophy? Is it objectivism? Where basically, like, the, the objectivism is, like, make yourself happy. Everything else is an afterthought. I think that there's, like, a lot of room to be a pretty that's a, despicable that's a person. Um, you know? The opposite of moral. I, I frequently point to nihilism. Mm. The belief that nothing matters. Kind of like Joker in Dark Knight? Yeah. Almost. Yeah. I, I think nihilism is the opposite of moral philosophy because you, if you're a nihilist, you don't think it matters what you do. Right. So you'll do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. You end up being an anarchist a lot of the time. Yeah. Maybe anarchy being an anarchist. It's almost like it has to be very, it has to be, I guess it would have to be as purposeful an action and motivation as moral philosophy is like moral philosophy. You're consciously trying to be good. Yeah. So for the antithesis of that, you would have to consciously be trying to be bad, right? That's why I mentioned Satanism. Yeah. I think either Satanism, uh, anarchism, or nihilism. Mm -hmm. One of those three, if not all three, would be the opposite. Because like you're saying, moral philosophy is trying to do good. Right. So actually trying to do bad. 
isn't necessarily nihilism it isn't necessarily anarchism like nihilism almost seems to be like it would be like to in D D gamer terms like chaotic neutral yeah you know it's giving it's it's really apathy it's like it's when an existentialist gives up that's how i describe nihilism hmm yeah that's interesting that's why like as an ex as someone who identifies as an existentialism as an existentialist i definitely have bouts of nihilism Mm -hmm. uh i think it's an easy thing to slip into yeah so i would say that's a tough question i don't know what the uh, the absence of moral philosophy if you think about i'd be interested in hearing your answer yeah that's something i can think about uh but yeah it's it's tough that's tough to just uh yeah because you're actively it's almost like in video games, like it's really easy to be bad because like you're not, it's not real, right? A lot of times in say like KOTOR or Infamous, you want to be bad because you get like awesome, crazy powers. Yeah, sure. But you're not in real life. Could any person other than maybe a sociopath, sociopathy is interesting because like a lot of times they're not trying to be evil. They're just kind of out for themselves. But even then they're not going to, they're not going to shit where they eat. Right. Yeah. Because they're also looking out for themselves. Like, okay, if I burn down my parents' house, then I won't have a place to go to if I need a place. So they would have a reason to not be completely destructive and evil. Yeah. So yeah, like I think that's an interesting question. What is the opposite of, I, I definitely go back to Satanism, but the problem is, not all Satanists do bad things either. So it's like, it's tough. Like, I think it's a combination of anarchy and Satanism. Yeah. I guess like I kind of went off on a tangent, but my, my, my question is like, is there really anyone on earth who would have the moral fortitude, even though moral is the wrong word in this context to be evil all the time? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's just evil people out there. There's people who rape little girls. Yeah. There's people who kill puppies. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's definitely pure evil out there. I mean, yeah, I guess that's a weird thing. Like, it makes me sound naive. Like, I believe pure evil exists. But could you just, I don't know, like watching the world burn, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's an interesting question. Yeah. But I, yeah, that's, that's tough. I, I, I don't know. I think those are the three that I would point to, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the problem is, like, there's Satanists that aren't evil. Yeah, like, is... They just, they believe... Satanists, deep down, are... They just want to engage in carnal pleasures. Mm-hmm. But sometimes... Like, you look... Have you heard of MS-13? No. It's a Mexican... Sorry, not Mexican. It's an El Salvadorian uh, motorcycle gang that came up through Mexico into the southern parts of the United States and they're satanists mm-hmm. and they're they go into gang areas in like southwest Houston or southeast Houston and stuff and it's like Genghis Khan in the old days wow like they rape and pillage and murder this is what is it called MS-13 MS-13 wow it's a motorcycle gang jeez uh i would say that's the closest thing to pure evil mm-hmm. that I, i've witnessed in, mm-hmm. in this country uh i'd say nazism a yes as a fine example of that yes uh but yeah a lot of the time they're politically driven but ms-13 is just anarchy mm-hmm. so i don't know it's like because like there's anarchists out there that aren't doing evil there's satanists out there that aren't doing evil there's nihilists out there that aren't doing evil so it's like a free will thing you mm. actually have to choose to be evil right so i don't know what that would be that's like 
just being a dick. That's what I mean. That's like, like the, have you seen South Park where you're like that guy? That's Scott. He's a dick. Yeah, yeah. It's like just being Scott. Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't it's know. and it's weird too because again, like motivation comes into it. A, a lot of anarchists might be doing something wrong, mm-hmm. but that could ultimately be right. Yeah. But what's their motivation? Why are they really doing it? Yeah. I guess motivation has a lot to do with it. It does. It does. But, I think uh, I feel like motivation is the linchpin in a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh no, I, good place. Amazing good place show. is awesome. Yeah, you guys should watch it. I think I'm going to I think <laughs> I will be buying a season pass for season 3 cuz I want to keep going. Yeah, you should. It, there's now I think the 11 episodes. Oh yeah, okay. I like it. I I want to have a nice stack in front of me before you do. I do that. Okay. You do. You okay. have you have about I think it's how many episodes are there 13 in a season? Yeah, that's one thing I like about that show. I really don't like the network model of like 21, 23 because yeah. it really starts to feel like filler a lot. Uh-huh. But uh, that's like like Sunny a few years ago. They went to 10 episode seasons and yeah. they're so much tighter. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Good Place, yeah, I think there's 12 or 13 yeah. a season. So they're, they're near, I don't know, they might have got their extra this season might be bigger. I'm not sure. Yeah. Because they took a break halfway through. Oh, they did. Yeah, after ten episodes. Okay, so there might be twenty. Yeah, I know a lot of shit. Like Walking Dead has always done that. Like technically, yeah. seasons are like sixteen episodes, but it's eight and eight. Yeah, so it almost feels like a different season. South Park used to do that, and then they switched to ten, mm-hmm. and it's gotten better since then too. Yeah, uh, I, I that last season was amazing. Yeah, I still need to. Amy and I, we've watched like the first three episodes and then fell off it for whatever reason. Uh-huh. But I really liked them. And I want to finish them. Did you see the Tegrity episode? Yes, I did. Oh, Tegrity man. Farms. I loved that episode. <laughs> I thought it was great. I do, love Randy Marsh. He's my favorite character. Do you think Matt and Trey are going to release their own strand of marijuana? I think they should. They call it Tegrity. Hey, they should. Oh man, that would be so great. Yeah, I feel like Matt or Trey bought a farm. Oh, I feel yeah, like, for sure. I feel like that's part of this. This, like, is, that this just, is partly autobiographical. Like, that couldn't have just been an no, accident. Like, no. one of them actually bought a <laughs> weed farm, is my guess. Yeah. Because uh, that's just too That was good. a slice of life episode right there. Oh, I'm man. convinced. Brilliant. Yeah, it was great. The the last few, just the whole, I love them. Yeah. They're, they're everything that's right about art uh, and, and self-expression and being funny. Yep. Uh, hashtag cancel South Park. Hashtag cancel South Park. Yep. I, I tweeted at them. They actually South Park liked my tweet because you know I'm an influencer now, right? Uh, and actually Slack replied to me when I told them their logo was fucking awful. What did they say? They're like, oh, you know, we we wanted to do something different. You did. And then Brittany replied with, but it breaks how this thing works. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, we we hear your point. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, they've always been pretty cool with me. That's uh, cool. I, I love Slack, but man, that logo, woof. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worse than when we redesigned the Shack logo. Remember that? I do remember that. It's it was the funniest meeting because like they took I, I, I was story. I was like in yeah. New Jersey right yeah. first time visiting New Jersey and they're like showing off this thing and I'm like okay and from the back this guy goes where's the roof yeah and I'm like oh man shit I'm like we're fucked <laughs> yeah. like we're so fucked yeah <laughs> we're completely fucked because that was yeah the next four years yeah was, where's the roof where's the roof and then tom w photoshopped a roof on top of it because yeah. that's what he does mm-hmm. uh <laughs> it looked ridiculous it looked kind of yeah i don't know but yeah it, this is the worst redesign logo i've seen in a while yeah 
Uh, Slack was yeah, it was pretty bad, and it hurts the function. I hate I hate when design hurts function. Yep, you need steak more than you need sizzle. Yeah, you know. And there was no reason it wasn't broken. No, they just did it. No, this, that well, that goes back to what we were talking about. A yeah. lot of technologists are like, look at this stupid fucking thing. Like we hadn't. It doesn't need to exist. Yeah, we didn't need to do this, but yeah. here you go. Yeah, you didn't ask for it, nope. but here, have it, take it. That's In the, fact, you can't go back. No, deal with it. Yeah, that it brings back that meme. Like I didn't ask for this. I didn't. Not like this, and no, I didn't ask for not this. like this. Um, not like but yeah, this. it's 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 weird. Uh, we're in a really weird time. But you know what? The sun is coming up over the horizon. Mm-hmm. The horizon is next Friday. Oh yeah, when Resident Evil Two remake comes out, Ozif. It finally is happening. Yeah, I've been I've only been talking about it for three years. Now. Yeah, at least. And remember. I had I had good reason, okay? They announced in August 2015. That's right. Yeah, we started working on it. They were like, we don't really have anything to show beyond the Resident Evil 2 logo from 1998, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. And to Capcom's credit, like, what was the last time that a developer was able to sit on something for three years before anyone saw so much as a screenshot? Because before last E3, that was dark. All you knew was that it's happening. Breath of the Wild. That's true. I mean, for like... They started talking about that in 2014. Yeah. Although they didn't... I don't think they named... No, they didn't name it. It wasn't until E3 2016 they named it. It it took them two years to name it. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, E3 2014. Yeah, it was... um, Miyamoto. No, uh, it was Anuma sitting in front of like a white screen. He's like, we want to show you our first look at the overworld. And then it appeared, yeah. and it was like Hyrule Field and Link on the horse. Yeah, yeah. And then they ended with Link uh, being chased by a guardian. And, That's right. Yeah. And that was it. And that was for, it. That but was even it for then, years. Like, yeah, like three years later, but this is like nothing for three years, yeah. and then next year, like, it's out. No, that's true. And they also, but they did, it was the big thing at E3 for them. It, it won game of show there, yeah, too. Yeah. That was their booth. Yep. Um, it was, their booth was massive at Tokyo Game Show. Mm-hmm. It was big at PAX. Like it had been all last year. Yeah. That was that was Capcom. Yeah. Capcom riding high on all that Monster Hunter money. Yeah. But they weren't talking Monster Hunter at these shows anymore. It was all RE2. Yeah. So yeah, this is a big deal for them. I, we gave them comeback of the year last year. The, you know what? Like I think I mentioned this because I did that write up. Mm-hmm. As I remember years ago on IGN, if you had an account, you could like add your game library, and they would show you interesting stats, like oh, based on the games you've added, here's your favorite publisher, platform developer. Publisher and developer for me was both Capcom, and I didn't realize like you know I used to buy a lot of Capcom games. Yep, and I'm so happy, like the kid in me is so happy to see them on an uptick. Yeah, and it's funny because a lot of people are like, well, Capcom is just repackaging the same games. You know what? For me, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I look at I'm a big advocate of kind of like explaining the difference between remaster and remake. From what I've played of Resident Evil 2 Remake, and you said this, yeah. some of it feels familiar, but there's a lot of it that's new. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, oh, this is the same game from 1998 but with a new paint job. No. This feels, you know, we're 21 years removed from RE2. It feels like a lot of it's new. They updated the control scheme. Which is a big deal. Which is a huge deal. That changes how the game feels and flows. Yeah. And then... They, graphically they, they come oh, it, it wasn't like they just the game is gorgeous it wasn't like they were like okay let's swap in new textures no they rebuilt the whole fucking game yeah in a new engine yeah so and it took 
I'm sure they had old models sitting on one screen and the new model on the other, and they're just looking back and forth. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it's like, it's an amazing job. Yeah. It is one of the most graphically impressive games I've ever seen. Mm. Um, We can't talk too many spoilers about it uh, because it's under embargo, but you you played the demo. Yeah, yeah. I played the one-shot demo, which was more or less the demo that everyone played at E3 last year. You're Uh Leon... And there's an introductory screen that says things happen and Leon finds himself at the RCPD. And uh, the one shot demo was a lot of fun just for 30 minutes. Just kind of go crazy. Do what you can do. Yep. And like, man, that game, the game is scary as hell. It really is. Uh, is this going to be in VR also? I don't think so because it's third person. Oh. Um, that's why RE7 did work in VR because it was first person. That's a good the thing point. is... Is that the only first-person RE game? Yes. Well, main mainline. Because remember, remember back on PlayStation One, they had the light gun game, the Survivor. Yeah, yeah. That no. Those were side entries. They didn't no, they, count. They, they don't were count. almost universally terrible. This is a numbered RE. This is a numbered RE. That was first person. Uh, yeah, that's first oh, person. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Capcom has actually said they look at the RE um, family tree, which is my metaphor. Is there? There are now two branches. Mm-hmm. There's the RE two style games, which probably means they're going to remake at least one more. Three. Probably three. Yeah. Um, they could me. They could remake four. I wouldn't be mad. Oh, I would not be either. But like, like. Zero, one, two, and three are from the classic lineage. Sure. Four, four was action survival horror. It's a different thing, sure. which I really liked, but it did pave the bumpy road that led us down five and six. Mm. So, yeah, uh, it's kind of like you know, RE five. The the people who took over from Mikami like played the last act of four on the island with like the helicopter firing rockets and shit, and we're like, let's just make that. Yep. But for a whole game, yeah, completely ignoring the village and the castle, which were brilliant. <laughs> uh, but like. Two, they said we have the RE2 branch, and then there's the RE7 branch, which, you know, if there are new numbered sequels like an RE8, it will probably be very evocative of 7. Yeah. But my my point is, both of those games, RE2 Remake and 7, are built in the RE engine. Yep. So could it be in VR? Yeah, because I bet you someone will take the PC version mm-hmm. and just make it first person yep. and then put it in VR, which or would be you awesome. Can, you can make third person games that work in VR. You can, but I feel like one reason 7 went first person is because they wanted to make it as immersive as possible. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. They can. Yeah, I've played quite a few third person VR games that I, I like very much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um no, that's that's interesting. That actually makes me more likely to play this. I don't know. Like, I, RE2 is my favorite Resident Evil, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people. That's why this, yeah. people think people think of Final Fantasy VII as like the biggest remake announcement ever. Maybe, but RE2 is just as influential. Not just in RE, but yeah. in games. Like this was a multi-disc game and yep. had the zapping system with like four different campaigns. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you're saying RE2 was your favorite? No, it it is, and uh, it's crazy uh, to see just how different this game is mm-hmm. uh from i i played it at tokyo game show and i got to play C- claire's uh opening i really want to play claire she's it's gonna be my so first play good yeah um it feels good too doesn't it? it the gameplay is great that that's the one thing i hated about re2 mm-hmm. was the gameplay the, yeah tank it controls was like and- so many just controller breaking moments where you fucking tried to turn and you didn't and yeah. then the fucking zombie got you or whatever they call them walkers yeah um it was just it was funny how the fear in re2 originally was from oh shit 
I need to reload or oh shit, I have to run. Yeah. Like it was like things were just literally doing anything in the game yeah. would freak you out. This is now holy shit, like that was a fucking crazy jump scare. Or yeah. like they the art in this and the way that they're presenting it is so fucking creepy. It like I was I, I don't know, like it's when I was fighting the guy in Claire, you know, that first part of Claire's mission. And, you know, he's just chasing you. In oh, this, Mr. Like, X. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. X. When he's chasing you down in the yeah. the floor area. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy how scary it gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad it's not in VR. Have you seen uh, a GIF? There was, I guess the Claire demo went from like TGS to something in November, December. There's a GIF of a Claire. She's at one end of this long, dark hallway. And there's a zombie like shambling toward her, and then you hear these heavy footsteps. Mr. X comes up and just brushes the zombie <laughs> yeah. out of the way and just keeps coming. He like throws him out the window, yeah. Yeah. So I might do a write up of this, um, but uh I've been studying when I played it at RE so let me go back to E three. I mm-hmm. played it and one thing I wrote in my hands on was that um Mikami Shinji Mikami failed in one keyway. Capcom and his message for the tank controls was always that we we feel like in real life if something like this happened, you'd be so scared that you'd be discompopulated and, yep. and your body wouldn't respond. I'm like, okay, okay, that's kind of you're kind of hand waving away the poor controls. Yeah, yeah. RE2 remake is the first game where the spirit of that actually rings true to me, because you'll notice that, for example, this is a big new thing in Resident Evil, but Leon can now shoot, aim, and move at the same time. Yep. But what happens is when you move, you watch on the screen, your crosshair becomes bigger. What that means is your accuracy, your accuracy goes plummets. Yep. So that's kind of what they mean. Like, yeah, you know what? Now you can move and shoot and it's easier, but your shot is going to be poor. Yep. Because in real life, oh yeah, your hands would be shaking, you'd be scared. Yeah, blind fire. Yeah, you'd be blind firing. And so the ri- survival horror to me is all about risk reward. The risk is standing still. The reward is higher accuracy. Yep faster kills so this is the first time when i feel like the control scheme and the spirit of what the original control scheme was supposed to be have actually unified in a way that is beautiful it works and the other way the other way that they that this game really dials in horror is first of all every time you're in a dark hallway leon gets his flashlight out and so you're like oh shit because you're never sure what you're going to see when you're panning that flashlight around Mm -hmm. The other thing is you can hear him and he, and I imagine Claire does this as well, but like Leanne's like, okay, you got this. And it's like, his voice is kind of shaky. And that's something that I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy at Frictional Games who made uh, Penumbra and Amnesia, mm-hmm. he said, one way we immerse people is like in Amnesia, when your sanity starts to fall, your like teeth will start chattering. And it's this way to immerse you. Like if the character's scared, you're scared and our environments are holding up, then you're scared. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they're doing in RE2. Like you'll see like if you round a corner and there's suddenly a zombie there, Leon will be like, Oh fuck. And like, cause that's the reaction you would have. Yeah. So it's, it's, it ties you to the character in a way that I think few horror games really have, have done successfully. I, I, I just love how, He's like Dante from Clerks. Yeah. He's just not even supposed to be there today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's just this overarching like 
fuck why did i even get into this yeah. like you feel for leon so much yeah by, like by the end of the game we're yeah. like oh man and imagine through some shit imagine claire she's just like hey i thought i'd go look up my brother yeah haven't heard from him in a while and then she walks into this zombie infestation yeah it's so like the both of them yeah are very relatable characters and yeah you because you become vested in their story you do you become part of it so it's it's this really cool they're walking this fine line like i i actually like the idea of the silent protagonist you know your link your yep. gordon freeman because the doom guy yeah because you yeah doom guy because you kind of um impart more of yourself into them it feels mm-hmm. more like your story but resident evil 2 remake is interesting because like even though leon and claire are unique characters with their own stories you're putting enough of yourself into them to to buy into the atmosphere and, yeah. and the story, as cheesy as it can often be. Yeah. Uh, and so, I yeah, I think, like, the other cool thing, I haven't seen any. This isn't really a spoiler because you can find this in the demo. You see a liquor run across a window at a, at a different point than you did in the original RE2. That's right. Uh, and you find a note that says, it, to paraphrase, the liquors are blind. So as long as you don't run around and start shooting, you should be okay. Imagine like you're going to be in these really tight spaces where you're going to have to like creep around a liquor, mm-hmm. knowing that one peep and this thing's going to turn and just just disembowel you. Yep, that is a really cool change, making the <laughs> liquors blind, but their hearing is just so acute. Man, I wish I saw that note. I, I must have skipped past it because yeah. then I made noise in Claire's mission. And, oh, yeah, uh, and that probably thing was probably right on you, right? Oh, yeah, I was getting fucked up after that. And you know that there's probably <laughs> a room in the game where you're like, fuck, the only way out is I have to like shoot one. Yeah. And I'm going to have to just make a run for it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Capcom actually deserves a lot of credit. They, When they have a train wreck, be it you know, Street Fighter Five at launch or, or RE6, which was a commercial and critical failure. Mm-hmm. They, I guess, are humble and or cognizant enough to say, you know what, we need to to write the train. They have that company culture of, it's it's like Nintendo or like a toy company. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we made this toy. It sucked. What did we do wrong? Yeah. How do we make a good one? Yeah. And what Capcom did in recent years was really reach out to their community and say, what do you want? Yeah. And they've given us what we wanted. I remember that survey. I think it was yeah. in 2010. It was shortly after they they let the fan who made Mega Man Cross Street Fighter put the Capcom, like they put their stamp on it. Mm-hmm. You could download it from their website for free. And around the same time, they released the survey. And they're like, what do you want to see? Yeah. And almost unanimously, I think they reported the results. People wanted remasters and remakes. And yep. so they're like, here. You know, yeah. here you go. And they're doing a really good, like, RE2, again, is no slouch job. It's a really, really solid remake. I just wish it was on Switch. I would I would play it on Switch. It probably wouldn't be my primary platform just because, like, I play that on PC. And, yeah. Oof. But, yeah, I would love to play it on Switch, too. No, I, I, I think PC is going to be the way to play it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it would be great on Switch. Did you, the cool thing is, I have to talk to Chris Gerard about this, um, the cool thing is if you go into the PC advanced settings, it actually shows you a line that represents your video card's RAM. Uh-huh. And as you turn settings on like low, medium, high percentage, it actually shows you like here's how much of your video card memory you're taking up. Oh, that's cool. It's a really cool way to actually show you like yeah. – because you know a lot of times you're like max settings and then the game runs like crap. This way you'll know like, all right, I need to dial certain things down a little sure. bit. I thought that was a really cool yeah, visual visualization graph. Yeah. of your GPU usage. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I did not know they were doing that. So I, it's it's kind of cool not, to see this. I haven't played the demo. 
I, I although I played the demo at TGS. Right, right. So, but I haven't played the one shot demo. I'm just gonna kind of wait. I still haven't uh, haven't made much progress in Red Dead. I think I'm giving up on it. It's really interesting. We talked about like like there's the Blizzard and the Rockstar cult, right? Where when a new release comes out, everyone's really high on it. But over mm-hmm. time, people settle down and they look at it with a more analytical eye. Yeah, I've seen a, like a lot of Red Dead talk. It's mostly not like critical, but more honest. Like, man, the controls kind of suck. This game feels like a chore. Uh-huh. Where I'm like, yeah, that's Rockstar games. That's been Rockstar since like... Yeah, but I didn't feel that way about 5. GTA 5 is good. Specifically, I guess, like a lot of people said, this is definitely the evolution of Rockstar... Or not Rockstar, um, Red Dead Redemption 1. Uh-huh. Where a lot of stuff that was kind of laborious in that is more laborious in 2. I thought Red Dead 1 was delightful. Really? I didn't feel that way at all about it's it. it's weird too because i well i guess you're right this like a lot of more people like wow just this feels like, like a list of things i have to do in between cutscenes. Hmm. whereas that just i think maybe because red dead one wasn't as cinematic there wasn't as much dialogue that there wasn't as much bullshit you had to do to trigger it it's funny i i think you're right because <sighs> there are a lot of people who said like what do they say a lot of people who felt like that Red Dead One could arguably the game was the game of that generation. Maybe it's just that a lot of standards have changed. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it's really that Rockstar runs their own race and they mm-hmm. have blinders on. Yeah, yeah. So like you have Breath of the Wild come out, and they didn't do anything about it. Yeah. There's like okay, that's cool. They are We're making bubble, this yeah. game. Yeah. You know, so they focused on their game and they focused on the things that they thought mattered, but. It's just like all these little things that add up. Mm-hmm. I broke it out. I was with uh, John Benjamin and John Gadiosi at CES. We were having lunch mm-hmm. and I, or dinner or something. I, I broke it down to John really easily, J, uh, JB. I was like, in Breath of the Wild, if a horse is running, I can mount it. Yeah. In Red Dead, it has to come to a complete stop. That's a really good comparison. Like there's one little thing about it Mm -hmm. but it's not just that it be it starts to snowball yeah yeah and there's all these little design choices that they made because that's how we do it here at rockstar yeah yeah and it just it did not it did not sit well where other times i was willing to deal with the rockstar bullshit Mm -hmm. i think in a world like los santos in GTA 5. Mm-hmm. So much to do. Yeah. That the problems with the gameplay aren't as noticeable. Also, like, yeah, you can't get into a car while it's moving. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. When you apply it to a horse, boy, does it look stupid. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I think that's one example of it. Uh, is that there's so much to do in, in a modern setting like Los Santos. It didn't hurt it as much Mm -hmm. and it did not feel like ugh, i have to do this again i have to go all the way there Mm -hmm. because you can get places faster in a car right you have to ride your horse yeah it's like i gotta ride my horse across this fucking map and then some asshole sees me and attacks me and then i kill him because he shot me and now i'm wanted yeah it just makes the game not fun. It's like they forgot to make the game fun. Yeah. And it's like, you're making a fucking video game. Right. Make it fun. Yeah. 
and that that's what bothers me the most about it but like i feel like i should beat it because everyone tells me it's a really good story and i like i want to play it i i i there isn't a rockstar game that i haven't beat so like this is this would be a first for me if i don't but boy am i not having fun playing it and then like the the flight to vegas i found like six korok seeds and like two shrines yeah while we were in vegas we plugged the switch into the tv greg ozzy jb uh ozzy's wife laura we all played smash together yeah uh one night greg said hey just play breath of the wild i played breath of the wild in front of greg he just kind of watched me play it but yeah like i will play breath of the wild for decades yep and i will not with red dead yeah it's not that game i started Uh, which is Oh, I was going to say I restarted Mario Odyssey oh, yeah? over the break, which is kind of like a similar, like it's very easy to just pick up and, and play that game. Oh, yeah. It almost seems like almost everything you do, especially at the beginning, they're like, yeah, there's a star for that. Like it shows Nintendo, <laughs> like they really thought about, I bet someone will explore over here and do this. Yep. And you feel rewarded because you get stars. It's fun. It's, I just, need, it's fun. I need to go back to that game. I, I feel like I have unfinished business mm-hmm. on the dark side of the moon. Uh, But yeah, it's... Breath of the Wild is so much better yeah. than Red Dead yeah. that when I turn on my systems, that's what I want to play, mm-hmm. not not Red Dead. I want to get more Korok seeds. Right. That's what I do. I I just fall on them. Like I yeah. I I'm I'm a sucker for climbing shit. So you give me a game where I can climb shit, I'm gonna climb it. In, yeah. in this population one game I was talking about, mm-hmm. you can climb shit, and there's this massive tower in the center of the level. I'm like, hey, can I climb that? They're like yeah, but it'll take you about forty minutes. That's how big this building was. Damn. And I was like, I don't have that kind of time. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I will try that just so, to say that I could. Yeah. Uh, but you're gonna you're gonna burn calories doing that too because you're literally climbing. That sounds cool. Uh, actually, it seems really yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Breath of the Wild, letting me climb anything, let me interact with anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was hunting in North Hyrule, and I found this rock formation. Mm-hmm. And there was like a rock sitting off to the side. So I pick up that rock, I put it next to the other rocks, and then they're coral. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. I'm like, of course you're here. Yeah. You know, like, but I just like stumble on them. I'm never looking for them. Right. But I just go places where they are because I want to get to the top of that mountain. Yeah. They you make know? it really fun. Yeah. That and that's a game where I don't have to I don't have a fucking waypoint telling me go to this place, talk to this dude, do this thing. Yeah. It's just go, mm-hmm. and you'll find things, and it'll delight you. Um, I just I feel like they missed the fun part. They they forgot to make the game fun because Red Dead One was fun. Yeah, Red Dead Two is a chore, and maybe there's a point where it gets fun. Yeah. Everyone tells me, "Oh, just wait till Chapter Six. No, I'm like I'm on Chapter Two still, yeah. and I have no fucking time. Like right. I, I just don't. I feel like with the very little time I have. Mm-hmm. to play video games like, where'd your thing go i don't know i was just thinking about that where did it go <laughs> your pop stopper fell yeah, off. Here we are. All right. um with the very little time i have to play games i i just don't yeah i'm I, i'm gonna try i you know what? i still read the threads on chatty about I it do like, too. it was number two game of the year from chatty you know like they they loved it mm-hmm. I, I don't and yeah. like i'm not alone there's some shackers like that feel the same way as me. Mm-hmm. So it's a very divisive game. It is. Um, and I'm not dogging them on the art 
or the the voice work that was done. No. They did a lot of amazing work for that game. You can see how much time they put into it, but they forgot to make it fun. You know what? I I kind of hate to say this, but I'm speaking just as a consumer. Mm-hmm. If someone tells me, well, the gameplay isn't great, but the story is awesome, you know what I'm going to do? Not buy that game. Not buy that game. I'll watch it on YouTube. Yeah. I don't like to do that. I like to support developers. I also don't. I come to games for gameplay first. Yeah. It's like I loved The Last of Us. The story was great, but I also thought it was really fun to play Mm -hmm. because I love stealth and survival horror. Yeah. Uh, I won't do game i won't play games that feel like chores i feel like the same thing happened with the witcher 3 like they the controls were apparently so bad so cumbersome that cd project red patch rolled out a patch to change them like if your game's so bad that the controls suck i don't give a crap how great the quests and the writing and blah 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 are Mm -hmm. i want to play this video game it needs to be fun to play I don't understand why the chatty has such a boner for that game. That, that, that's, that's the thing. Anytime you ask uh, a Witcher 3 advocate, why is that your favorite game of all time? They're like, well, the writing. I'm like, okay, fine. The writing is great. The voice acting is great. Why is it your favorite game? What do you like about the gameplay? And you'll inevitably get like some some wishy-washy response. Like, well, the combat is kind of plodding and this and that. I'm like, so it doesn't sound like the mechanics are really solid, but you love the story. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's your favorite game story of all time? Yeah, that's why we give an award for narrative. Yeah. You know? It's like Telltale games, but with gameplay. Oh, yeah, I know, rip it's rough. Telltale. Yeah, I know. Um, and sorry, I, you know, they, they did what they did very well, but it wasn't for me because you really didn't play those games. It was kind of like an interactive movie. I never played a Telltale game. I, I really liked... they The Walk Among Us, I guess. I, I watched that. That was supposed to be good. I guess The Walking Dead was like this uh, inflection point where they were like, all right, this is the type of game we want to make, which really wasn't much of a game at all. But I played earlier adventure games. Like I loved their Strong Bad series. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun because it was almost more classic point and click where you had to solve puzzles sure. and figure things out uh, more than just kind of like make choices yeah. and advance the scene. I never really got into their games. Uh, I would watch them. That's yeah. a, that's an example of what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I thought those were those were solid YouTubes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to watch Red Dead. I'd rather watch reruns of The Office or something. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like it sucks. I was the target demo. I was super excited for that game. Yeah, and it's just not for me. Yeah, like, it's a super divisive game, which is weird. Like I, it, I should have been, I should have been all over it. I don't know. I, I don't think it's that weird. I think Rockstar is kind of entering Bethesda territory. Oh no! Where like, I, I'm not knocking <laughs> GTA Five because I like what I've played of it, but even like GTA games had this tendency for like the tutorial phase of the game to mm-hmm. last like ten hours, which sure. is a bit much. I feel like they're doing their rock star thing to such an extent and more and more people are kind of starting to grumble like, I don't really like this thing anymore. Yeah, it's just too much. It, it, <coughs> it, the yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just too much. There's too much of the same. I, I don't know how many wagons I can steal. Yeah. I don't know how many train robberies. And the train robberies are cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like everything gets repetitive in that game. Yeah. And I just... Maybe it expands later on or something, but 
Well, that's another excuse I hate. Like, you know, when a TV show is slow and a fan of it will say, well, just give it till season nine. Like, dude, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, who has time for that? It's like in writing, if you're going to publish a novel, the the almost unanimous advice is that first page better be awesome. Yep. Because you need to hook people. Yep. And I'm like, I'll give a, I'll give a, I'll give a TV show that's 22 minutes, like The Good Place, like two episodes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if I'm not hooked, I'm, I'm gonna watch something else. There's too much good TV out there yeah, good to example, wait nine seasons. Good example know? of what you're talking about, House of Cards. Yeah, yeah. I thought that show sucked. I watched the first episode, first five minutes of the first episode, I was out. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not getting this. And then my brother's like, Oh, you gotta go through the first season. I'm like, like no. Nope. I'm like, no, no I don't. And like people tell me, I'm sure people will reply to us on Twitter. Oh, House of Cards is great. I'm like, no, it's not. It's okay. Yeah. Um. But no, yeah. It's. I wish I liked Red Dead more. Mm-hmm. I really do. It's just not very good. So my PS4 has become a Tetris effect box. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It, nothing at all. Mm-hmm. They were super excited about all the awards that they won. Oh yeah, man. Except- they did something really special with uh. uh a game that I bet you a lot of people thought could not possibly, you can't improve upon perfection, and they did it. And shout out to Giant Bomb and Eurogamer for getting their Game of the Year right. Oh, that's right. Both of those gave Tetris Effect Game of the Year. Yeah. That's so cool. I was really happy to see that. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I was really, I, w- I wasn't that surprised to see Giant Bomb do it. I was surprised to see Eurogamer do that. You know what's funny is... um. I like a lot of Giant Bomb's content. And like a lot of people, I look forward to their Game of Year debates because I think everyone over there really knows their stuff. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is uh, when they started debating Game of the Year, there wasn't a lot of talk about Tetris Effect because everyone pretty much agreed, like, yeah, this game is great. Yeah. The Most most of the, the heated discussion was around Red, Red Dead's Dead. placement. Yeah. But for, as far as Tetris Effect, everyone was like, no, I have no problem with that. Tetris Effect is great. Yep. You know? There was no one on staff that was saying, nah, I don't know about Tetris Effect. Yeah. Meanwhile, our staff, <laughs> half of them didn't even play it. I know. It's crazy. So this year, have I told you about this yet? No. Probably not. I don't know. I've created homework. I'm really? calling it Shack Homework. Okay. So I'm giving out assignments, and if people don't do it, they can't go to E3. So here's Donovan's. Okay. He has to beat Duke Nukem 3D. Oh, that's great. Right? Yeah, that's great. Blake, he has to beat one Divine Beast in Breath of the Wild. Okay. Right? Yeah. You uh, know, last I heard, Charles had Breath of the Wild, but he hadn't played it yet. Yeah, he's not played it. Maybe he should have the same thing. Yeah. Um... Maybe I'll make like Chris play Smash Brothers or something, but he doesn't want to go to E3. But then there's like certain staffers where I don't really want to give them homework. Like I don't feel like you need homework. I don't think Brittany needs homework. No. I don't think Ozzy needs homework. No. Thinking about giving Greg some homework. Yeah. I was going to say about Ozzy, Ozzy and Brittany probably play more games than anybody. Yeah. Especially Ozzy because Ozzy's constantly doing hands on stuff. Yeah, but also like Brittany's an old school PC gamer. Yeah, she is. Yeah. You know, so she has mm-hmm. like. I think she has every Quake disc. I she saw, has like she, her like PC collection is pretty sick. She posted her PC collection somewhere. I was like, man, I've seen some of those boxes like on my shelf. Back yeah, yeah. In the day, you know. Yeah. So I, like when I see that, I'm like, I'm not gonna make you do homework. <laughs> no. But yeah, Donovan's got homework coming, mm. and at some point this year, if you want to vote in our game of the year, mm. you're gonna have to play a list of games that I that I list. Yeah. If you haven't played these games your vote will be ineligible because we can't have Spider-Man winning every year. 
Right. <laughs> I, no I offense to Spider-Man. No, it's a great game. I, I'm not even going to. I can't weigh in on that because everything. Like I haven't played that game. It's a good I, game. But it looked like a pretty good game. It is. Um, I'm not mad that they won. I'm just saying that like, there were some games left off that list because people didn't play it. And it, you can't tell me I don't have time to play Tetris Effect. You could play it for 30 it's minutes. Tetris. It's yeah. like you could play that for 30 minutes and you'd know everything you need to know about the game. Yeah. You know, so Donovan's like, oh, I don't have any money to buy Duke. I'm like, what's your Steam? Okay, I bought you Duke. Deal with it. Yeah. You know, so he's like, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to have him write it up. Settle it'll, up. Yeah. It'll basically be like hands-on impressions mm-hmm. from a, was he, he's going to be 20 this year. That's, I mean, that's actually a good recurring feature. Yeah. Because we have people on our staff who are like, I remember when I worked at Walden Books in college, one night we were walking out, my manager, Chuck, who was like 60, he's like, oh man, Dave, have you ever seen Terminator? I said, no. He's like, what do you mean? It came out in 82. I was like, I was born. <laughs> so it's like sometimes you can legitimately miss yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. But if you're going to, this is the sort of industry where like I write about a lot of these games and I, I feel I have a good informed opinion because I am well played, <laughs> you know. You were here. It was two episodes ago when fucking Greg said that Blizzard invented the arena shooter. Oh, yeah. Greg. Right? Yeah. And and I, Overwatch I lo- isn't even an arena shooter for one. But okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave that aside. Yeah. I lost it. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know fucking nothing about video games if you're saying that. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe make him play some arena shooters. Yeah. Uh, like, install Quake. Yeah. Just even install it. He's such a Blizzard fan, or maybe it's more of a like Warcraft fan. Like, I know he does cosplay. He probably thinks that Blizzard made the RTS. I'm like, no, dude. They looked at Dune 2 and were like, we can do that. Hi, Pooker. They took Dune 2 and they added multiplayer. It's basically what Warcraft was. Hi, Pooker. Do you want to come back on the couch? And wow, the, that was EverQuest, but more polished and accessible. That really was a polished and accessible EverQuest. Diablo, roguelikes, but real time and multiplayer. <laughs> no, really, like you could, like even Blizzard people have said, we don't innovate, we polish and we iterate. Mm-hmm. You know, they make stuff accessible. So yeah, I'm not surprised Greg thought they invented the arena shooter. But yeah, he might have some homework coming because of that. He should. Uh, but yeah, we can't stop. We can't not bring Greg to E3. Who's going to shoot all those videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. So there's no, there's no incentive for him. He knows, he knows he's got me. Okay. You want to come back on the couch? Hold on. Lola's coming back up. This is time number two, but whenever she wants back up, I'm watching the struggle right now. The struggle is real. She thinks Asif, there she is. She thinks you're going after her Bobo, (laughs) so she won't let you pick her up, even though she wants to be picked up, placed on the couch. She turns her head away from me as I pick her up. Lola. She's like, you want my Bobo. She was over by the window, I think. She's nice and cool. Oh, dude, I heard her snoring over there until she got up. I hear you, Lola. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I introduced Shaq homework. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Because uh, I, I think that'll that'll stop the terribleness from happening. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, yeah, the, the a lot of developers were excited about their Shaq News Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a trend that will continue. We did Best of CES this time. Oh, cool. So it was a list of uh, products that we thought were cool that mm-hmm. we wanted to highlight. Yeah. I think we're going to do that at most of our shows now that we attend. That's a good idea. At, at least if we're there in numbers, we can do it. Companies appreciate that recognition. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to what we were talking to earlier. Like, There's so much noise. Not only are you on a crowded show floor, but there's social media happening and yep. coverage happening. And so it's nice. I think it's nice to receive an award, whatever the award is, because it means someone paid attention. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so... 
there we're gonna keep doing that stuff uh yeah i've i've been playing uh did you beat celeste no not yet you beat hollow knight i beat hollow knight yeah and that was your game of the year last year if we let it be. yeah it would have been my game of the year 2017 if breath of the wild didn't exist yeah but it would yeah. have been your number two if you yeah. had played it in 2017 yeah uh, which i feel like we're just as an aside i feel like we're in this really weird place like a lot of of uh, outlets did include it on their game of the year list because it was i think i mean even the developer said like he had by far the largest audience on switch like for a lot of people hollow knight was new yep uh, and so I just think it's like an interesting kind of phenomenon that, yeah. that Switch is doing that. That's true. Uh, you know, uh, Video Game Donkey, he does his, his video, mm -hmm. his wrap-up of the year. Mm -hmm. He put uh, Uncharted 4 on his list, and that was a 2017 release. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it happens. I just think our rules are pretty regimented. You have to release in the year. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't disagree with the rules, but I do think we're in an interesting time. Here's the thing. You should do game that was already out of the year. Yeah. Well, cause, because here's what's going to happen. As game development, as we get new consoles, like a lot of people are saying, you know, PS5, Xbox, and X are going to come out in 2020. With each new platform comes more expensive development costs. Yep. So you know what? Re-releases, remasters, it's going to happen more and more. Sure. You're going to have more and more people who are playing older games for the first time on newer hardware. Do we really need new consoles next year? No, we don't. I'm against it. I would. I, I was thinking, my hope was 2021 at the earliest. Yeah. I was, I, it's Microsoft's fault. Xbox One's basically tanked, and so they want to start a new cycle. But it, like... <sighs> It's not doing that bad. It no, it's not. Year last it's year. not doing that bad. But relative to where they were last generation, yeah, sure, they didn't win. That's the thing. I'm not even knocking uh, Xbox. I'm just saying, like, they've kind of entered a point where they don't see a lot of gas left in Xbox One's tank. Yeah. And so Sony, the thing is, Sony can't be like, "Well, we're doing fine." No, they have to respond mm -hmm. because consumers will always go for the the latest box. So they both have to come out the same year. Yeah. And they're both going to run on AMD chips. Yeah. So whoopty crap. Like, yeah. my PC is still going to shit on them. That's the weird thing, right? Like, one of the, the biggest criticisms of the two half-step consoles was that they weren't enough of an innovation because they're straddling the past and the future. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that we're probably going to see the new console. Well, we're going to see the new consoles run on AMD chips because of backwards compatibility. But there's no way that Sony announces it this year because they're not even at E3. They're not going to announce it this year. They're going to do what they did in 2013. They're going to announce it at the beginning of the year and release at the end of the year. They announced PS4 in like February 2013 and it came out in November. So you think February 2020? Yeah. Because remember November 2020? Yeah. Because remember what happened was Sony and Microsoft both announced months before E3. So going into three, E3, everybody knew, all right, we're going to see more games for the new stuff. Yeah. That's what they're going to do next year. They'll roll out in like February or March and then come E3, they're going to say, all right, you know, we got new hardware. So here's the software that you'll be able to buy this year. Yeah. That's what they're going to do. And I don't, uh, no, I don't want new consoles. No. I don't need new consoles. I'm fine with my Switch and my PC and PS4 when I play. I'm getting excited for Sekiro from Software's next mm -hmm. game in March. But that's the weird thing. Like, we're getting into this weird position where we're looking forward to games coming out for this hardware generation, and the manufacturers are saying, no, think about 2020. But I don't want to. Yeah. I want to think about what I'm going to play on this box that I have right now. Yeah. I don't know. Like, by, by the time PS4 and Xbox One were announced, people were ready to move on from PS3 and 360. Yeah. I don't feel, I feel like we're still like a year out from that. Here's a question. 
Is Death Stranding a PS5 launch title? It's a PS5 launch title. Not a PS4 game? No. I wouldn't be surprised if Kojima doesn't even know what that game is. No, I'm kidding. I think he does. He showed it to uh, Guerrilla Games this week. I think it's a PS5 launch title, or we're going to get into this weird territory. Remember, there were a lot of games that came out in the last calendar year of the last consoles, like like Dark God Souls 2, 3. God of War 3, The Last of Us. Yeah. Almost immediately within the first year of the new consoles, they were re-released. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking it like might that, be. And it was huge, too. Like, I remember I loved The Last of Us. I played it on PS3, but I'm like, man, these loading times are a bitch. Yeah, they were much improved on PS4. Because, like, what what are you doing with Death Stranding? Are you trying to maximize how many units you sell? Or do you think it's a system seller? I don't really think it's a system seller. No, it's it's not. It's going to be way too niche, I think. Like, it's it's it's... It's going to be for game critics. Like, we fucking love Kojima, but... The average gamer is going to see that and they're be like, what the fuck is this game about? That's the, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I was even going to backpedal what I said. I said it's going to be too niche. I don't even know if it will be niche because I don't know what the hell it is. No one does. All we've seen. That's the thing. I don't like Kojima. Yeah. I think he's all hot air and hype because uh-huh. I, like, I loved Metal Gear, but with each game as they added more and longer cinematics, yep. me, you know the type of player I am. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm out. This is not for me. It got more convoluted. It got more convoluted, but not only that, like there were there was too much time when I was just sitting there not playing the damn game. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. I think I think the reason Kojima is kind of playing into this this character caricature of himself that the industry has painted him out to be. He's like, Oh, remember wacky Metal Gear Solid 2, like the last three hours of that? Look at this like this baby and then there's Guillermo del Toro and then who knows what this is like it's it's becoming the most Kojima ass Kojima thing ever yeah it's all story I don't care about any of it I'm not buying into the what is Death Stranding I don't care until I see what the gameplay is that game is I'm not even thinking about that game here my theory you are a FedEx delivery guy in hell okay that's it what, has as much of a chance to be that I think as that, anything else. I think that's what it is. Okay. I think you're a delivery guy in hell or some sort of parallel universe. Or maybe it's Earth like after everything went bad. Some post-apocalyptic Yeah, some sort thing. of post-apocalyptic world where there's like an alternate universe. I mean, it could be. I don't know. But I think that would be a good Shack Chat if we all wrote what sure. we think Death Stranding is. Sure. Because <laughs> you could say anything. And you know what? You might be right. Right? So I think we should kind of jump on that bandwagon of yeah, writing, writing what we think Death Stranding is. Because yeah. no one else knows. No. Um, I don't know. The art style of it is intriguing to me. Yeah. I, I do like Kojima. Uh, and I think 5, Metal Gear Solid 5, was good. That's because it's a video game. Yeah. You know, like there was so a lot of Metal Gear fans didn't like it because it didn't feel like, okay, Dan Reichert at Giant Bomb, he loves the convoluted ridiculousness of the Metal Gear storyline. He mm-hmm. actually said, well, like, he, he raised a good point. He's like, why did they hire Kiefer Sutherland to voice Snake if there's barely anything for him to say? I thought that was yeah. a good question. Yeah. Uh, five interests me. I still need to pick that up, but that sounds like the sort of game I would love. It's really good. Yeah. It's just very well designed game mm-hmm. and it's fun. Yeah. Um I actually I hold Metal Gear Solid 2 up as one of the best stealth games ever made cuz the systems were great. Mm-hmm. But for me, like the story started to get in the way. Big time. Yeah. That that yeah. Now I hear what you're saying. I don't know. 
Either way, I, I think it would be smarter to be on PS4 just because the sheer amount of people who would be able to buy it. Sure, sure. And then, like, the other thing going on right now, Game Pass is just gaining value by the day. Yeah. Uh, so many awesome games are being added to that. I, I saw We Happy Few was added to it. Yeah. Uh, which might not be awesome, but now it's part of Game Pass, so you don't have to buy it. It's almost, here's the thing. Maybe it's not $60 awesome. Yeah. But is it $10 a month awesome? Yeah. What's not, really? Yeah. Sea of Thieves certainly is. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Sea of Thieves plus Forza. Right there. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. That's a year's worth of Game Pass for me. Yep. Uh, sadly, I bought both of those two. I don't even subscribe to Game Pass. I would still, I still like to buy games. Like, even though licenses, blah, 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 you don't really own them, I still kind of like to feel like I do. I never want to like let a subscription lapse and then not be able to play one of my yeah. games. But objectively, Game Pass is incredible. Also, here's a prediction in Shackcast episode 49. Uh-huh. The next Xbox is the last one. You said that last time. I did not. I didn't say Xbox One is the last one. You no said, way. That'd be premature. I thought you I'm said saying that. the the Xbox I might have said this that the Xbox after Xbox One is the last. Okay, yeah. I think that's what you I said. I think that's what I said. You said that at E3. Or I st- I stand by that. Because, yeah. well, look at that. Like, Xbox is more and more of a service. I don't think so. I think Microsoft's really dumb. You give them too much credit. Really? Yeah. I think they're stupid enough to make another Xbox after this one. After the next one. Yeah, the next box. The next box. Yeah. What are we going to... What is this? That's the thing. They really fucked Xbox up their... Xbox 2? It might be. The only reason they called the 360 that was because they needed a 3 in yeah. the brand to compete with PlayStation 3. Yeah. So they really fucked up their naming scheme. I don't know what's going on. Just new, I don't know. They should just, I mean, I'm kind of in favor of them just calling it the Xbox. Xbox again. Yeah. I don't know. Well, either way, I, I think they're dumb enough to keep making that. Bill Gates wants to take over the living room, and Xbox has been his Trojan horse for that for a long time. Is Bill Gates even still? Like- He's chairman of the board. He's a huge proponent of the Xbox division. It's probably the only reason it still exists. Hey, remember when Bill Gates launched the original Xbox with The Rock? Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Was remember awesome. when uh, they asked him about the 360? He's like, oh, I love it. It's got that chainsaw game. He's talking about Gears. Yeah. He didn't even know what to call it. He no. called it the chainsaw game. He knew enough to say that he knew it had a chainsaw. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I like that chainsaw game. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think there's a group of people high up at Microsoft who believe that the Xbox is the Trojan horse to the living room. Sure. And that Bill Gates has a vision for the living room. Yeah. And I think Satya Nadella is carrying it out. Like, if if they were going to can Xbox, it, this would have been the year. And instead, they're like, we're going to buy everybody. You know, and I get it. Software is what makes the hardware sell. Yeah. But I, I feel like there's going to be a two-prong attack. There's going to be Xbox the hardware and Xbox on PC. And I just feel like those two things are going to be developed in conjunction with each other. I'll say this. If there is another Xbox after the next Xbox, uh, I think it's going to be very different. It's going to be a very different console. Yeah. Because I think I wrote about this at E3 two years ago. My my op-ed was that like Microsoft has made an Xbox for everybody. Like, I, I've bought games through Play Anywhere. I don't always play on Xbox, but I can play Xbox games, you know. Okay. There's your Bobo. You can have it, Lola. It's just funny because she'll, like, put it on my hand. Yeah. 
But the minute I grab it, oh, she no, no. See, like, she's grabbing it's gotta be on head. her terms. Yeah, you're a bully, Lola. <sighs> a little floofer. Take all of this this bulliness and go talk to those deer. Yeah, get those deer out of our backyard. Um, but that's, yeah, that's I, the froth court, Lola. Come on. Yeah, it's weird. I'm playing these games that are pretty old these days. I'm not really playing much new. You're gonna, I mean, you're gonna be seeing more and more. Nintendo used to catch a lot of flack for this, especially when the Wii U launched. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's just ports." Uh huh. You're gonna see more and more ports and remasters and all that stuff launching with new consoles. But like, you know, everyone's talking shit about, "Oh, oh we get a remakes and relaunch and remasters on Switch." Meanwhile, what is everyone excited about right now? A remake yep. on Xbox and PC. That's honestly, I think people say that because people conflate remake and remaster when they're not the same thing. Sure. But yeah, I, I get the spirit of that when yeah. it's like, we only get old things, but here's like a new old thing, you know, with Resident Evil. 2. Yeah, but it's still, I, I get, I, I, it's I'm still agreeing. the same fucking game. Yeah, like it's it, they remade it. Yeah. Good for them. But it's it is Resident Evil Two. It's not RE Eight. No, it's Resident Evil Two. And you know, like we're in a situation where it's just it, I see it more in film than I do gaming. Mm. But we're very quick to just fall back on existing franchises oh yeah people aren't running to make new things they're not taking chances Speak. that's why something like the good place resonated so much is that it yeah. is new it's yeah it's, it's a brand new take on something it's also oh, i have to like Did you ever see the movie defending your life no check that movie out it's a uh, basically you die you go to the afterlife but you have to make a case for yourself to go to heaven Oh, that's cool. I actually wrote a short story along those lines. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of neat. Um, speaking of new things, mm -hmm. Mortal Kombat 11 oh, yeah. was How announced yesterday. Holy shit. Yeah. So, Mortal, what do you think? I'll, I'll, I'll ask Mortal what he thinks. You know what? <laughs> I, I think that game looks awesome. I cannot wait Did you wait see Jeremy Parrish's joke? No. He's like, I'm so glad they're remaking Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> It 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 is a lot. It looks a lot like Mortal Kombat too. No, but also because the way that it's spelled, it's yeah. mortal with the eleven in the middle, yeah, and then combat, yep. And the original Mortal Kombat two was the two in the middle. You're right. It kind of looks it like kind of looks like two. <laughs> um, it was a great underappreciated tweet by Jeremy Parrish out there. I Shout like out that. to Retrodots. We're shouting out to all of our friends across gaming That's podcast right. today. I uh, here's the thing. I think that game is going to be a ton of fun to play. Yep. But and I do not mean this in a in an I'm pushing forty and this is gross sort of way. I think fatalities are kind of becoming redundant and pointless. <laughs> no, no, so he, you're on Team Opticom over here? Not no not here's the thing. When wow, like eight years ago when Mortal Kombat Nine came out, right? Yeah, sure. They introduced X rays and those things were brutal. Uh-huh. And the fatalities were almost like an afterthought, like here's some moves that are more brutal because someone dies. I feel like between X-rays and fatal blows, you know, you notice at tournaments the pro players don't do fatality unless they just want to like rub it in someone's face. Yeah, because it's a waste of time. They just want to get to the next match. Sure. I almost wonder if Nether Realm and Ed Boon were like, you know what? Let's make these fatal blows as graphic as possible so that people can still see something splashy and ridiculous in an arena where people don't do fatalities because yeah. fatal blows are like, there's that one where Sonya like raises a chain gun, runs someone at it while it's peppering them with bullets. Yep. They get shot through the head mm -hmm. and then she steps on their face. Yep. And I'm like, well that, that's a fatality. Yeah. 
basically. Yeah, fatal blows are what fatalities used to be. Yeah. yeah I agree. So I'm not saying fatalities are disgusting and think of the children. I'm almost saying like they're not even really that remarkable anymore because the fatal blows are as ridiculous. Even a lot of the x-rays are as ridiculous and over the top as fatalities. I agree, but at the same time, I love seeing how they push the boundaries of gore. I do too, but there's a fine line. Mortal Kombat 3 was dumb. Uh-huh. Because single characters were an explode in like a shower of like 16 rib cages yeah, and that, 40 skulls. That was stupid. There's a line. Yeah. That's too much. That was dumb. It's stupid. I just, I like Mortal Kombat. It doesn't have to be like completely like dark and bleak. But did you see Baraka's fatality? Yeah, and it's awesome. That's great. I like it a lot. You know? Melina did something similar in, in 10, I think. But, um... I'm excited for it. I think I love how the new style Mortal Kombat plays. My only worry is that do you remember the 3D Mortal Kombat's on PS2? MK4. Uh, M- well, that one was 3D, but I'm thinking of like Deadly Alliance Six, the ones where like you could actually like walk full circles yeah. around the characters, and there were ring outs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The problem the bad with, times. Yeah, the bad times. Like those games were okay, <laughs> but the problem, what made them kind of worse, was that like they were obviously built in the same engine and they just felt repetitive. Sure. Mortal Kombat 11 I think looks awesome. It looks so fluid, it looks fun, but it also like there there's a clear lineage from X and then like back to X and then back to 9. 10 didn't last long in the pro scene because it had a lot of balance issues. All those yep. playstyles were hard to balance. Mhm. Like, what was his name? The cowboy guy who surprise surprise was probably not going to be back in 11. He was just so overpowered. Yeah. Uh, that game is going to crash and burn in the pro scene if that imbalance happens again. Sure. Uh, and I think that happens a lot because, like, I feel like they're using the same tech or underlying tech. Or Like, I know Doom Eternal is supposedly the next iteration of id tech, but it looks a lot like Doom 2016, mm-hmm. which I think is fine. But, like, I don't know, Mortal Kombat 11, it looks fun. That's a day one purchase for me. It also looks like a lot of what I played in 9 and 10. Sure. I I I don't disagree with any of that. I actually missed out on most of ten. I didn't. I didn't buy it. I didn't like it. Yeah. I yeah. based on your impressions, some yeah. other people's impressions. Yeah. I just kind of waited on it. I'll say that Mortal Kombat Eleven it. looks. It reminds me of nine in the best possible way. Yeah. One of ten's problems, besides the fact there there are three main problems. First of all, Mortal Kombat is was always supposed to be the quote unquote poor man's fighting game, where you can be legitimately good at it, but it was supposed to be easy to pick up and play. Yeah. Mortal Kombat 10 asked you to learn basically three versions of each character. It was too much of an investment. The second was that that game felt like a mobile game. It was the first console game I played where I paid $60 and yet I was just like bombarded with like ads and mm-hmm. all that bullshit. The third problem was that aesthetically it was kind of an ugly game. It was yeah. really like dark it was very and dark. grainy. 11, like nine pops with primary colors yeah, it's, it it's a beautiful gorgeous looking game gorgeous yes. yeah so i'm excited for 11 i have like i'm a little bit worried about longevity but i think the smart thing is they're not coming out with one every year no you know it was nine was eight years ago that's a long time yeah you brought up something about the balance uh of the characters in the game and how that mm-hmm. affected it as an esport that's probably the biggest concern uh a game that is very near and dear to me it's a fighting game that i've been playing a ton of smash brothers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the pro scene meta has been fascinating because they're still figuring it out yeah 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 and what the my favorite smashers right zero 
uh, Leffen or Armada. These what's fascinating is you have guys from the melee scene and guys from Smash Four that are all competing in Ultimate. They're all trying to figure it out. Uh, it feels like Sakurai did a great service to average gamers mm-hmm. in that you there are characters who match up better mm-hmm. with others mm-hmm. so that you can't just be one main. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I find that you have to at least have two because you're going to have a good matchup with certain players mm-hmm. and like like for instance like Bowser. Yeah. He's my main. He's great. Yeah. But there are characters that can mop the floor with him. Yeah. I like that. Um there's no I don't think there's a bayonetta in this game. No, I'm glad. Which is great. Yeah. Uh I do think that Snake is actually uh gaining a lot of traction. Mm-hmm. Uh Squidling or, or yeah, yeah, Oct whatever the yeah, the Ink Kid ink, or whatever. Inkling. Yeah, yeah, Inkling, yeah. Inkling. Um Pokemon Trainer, uh, K. Rule, Ganondorf. There's definitely characters that are top tier, mm-hmm. but almost all of them have someone you can pick that matches up really well against them. Yeah, that's good. So what I'm seeing in the Smash scene is Zero has like three mains. Mm-hmm. You know, Leffen has a couple. You know, Armada has like two. So these guys, they, they can't pick a main, which I think is going to lead to really interesting esports tournaments because mm-hmm. you're going to have a guy that might have been a Diddy Kong main in Smash 4 who now has three different mains. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's really interesting. I, I I don't know if that'll be the case in MK11. Like you said, it's different. Aaron Black was the the name of the character in 10. He was like a cowboy. Yeah. He was, I think Sonic Fox even used him. Sonic Fox just, Sonic Fox in 9 had several mains. He played, I think, mm-hmm. I think Kung Lao, Cyrax, and Reptile. And, Kind of like what you were saying about Smash Brothers, he would switch depending on the character his opponent chose yep. and how he performed in the the match prior. In ten, everyone was just Aaron Black, yeah, and it was boring. I actually want to pull up uh, Sonic Fox. He had uh, he was at the event yesterday. Mm-hmm. I guess he was one of the highlighted people, but he also kind of gave his hot take on what he thought. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I I think you retweeted that. Yeah, I retweeted so, the first one of them, but yeah, yeah I'm kind of. I'll leave it at this. I loved watching Mortal Kombat 9 tournaments at Evo the year it was new. Uh-huh. I hated watching Mortal Kombat 10. It was so boring and so clearly broken. And See, he guess said, what? It wasn't there the next year. He said uh, MK11 is MK92. Yep. Yes. There you go. <laughs> so clearly I'm on the right track if Sonic Fox yeah, says it, that. Yeah. You know, like, here we go. Uh, early MK11 impressions. This is from... Our person of the year at Shaq News, Sonic mm-hmm. Fox. Mm-hmm. No fuck neutral tools. <laughs> you either out footsie me or die. Movement is incredible. Shorter combos is sick. Means all your moves have some kind of utility. I'm so fucking ready. It's everything I wanted. Cons. They need to buff the anti-airs. Lots of jump in, still out, priority anti-airs. Trip guarding is strong in the game. The amplify, I feel, should be... Uh, R2 is just a button issue. Mm-hmm. Having to figure out all the different buttons and remember them to meter burn seems a bit arbitrary. Another con I forgot to mention is that defensive options to escape a combo feel like they should have a longer cooldown before recharging. 
Yeah, it's always point. passively recharging. Mm. Yeah, like, I agree. Feels like we might get combo breakers a lot more often. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Mortal Kombat 10 inherited this from 9. They did a really mm-hmm. good job with kind of parceling out combo breakers. Yeah. If you're getting your ass, the more you're getting your ass kicked, the faster your meter would fill up yep. and the sooner you could break out another combo breaker, which was super important yep. in, in the meta too. And uh, yeah, like I, I, my impression was Mortal Kombat 9 too. And it seems like that's how it's shaping up. I think that's only a good thing. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think MK9 was better than 10. Yeah. So if this is more like 9, this will most likely be better than 10. I was um, So here's one thing I don't want from 11. I don't want any celebrity pop culture guest stars. I don't want Jason or Freddy or Leatherface or the Alien. The problem because how about Ronda Rousey as Sonya? That's cool. Really? That's, that's, yeah, I like that. You can actually see some of okay. her influence. Have you like that arm breaker Sonya does? That's yeah. Ronda Rousey's arm breaker. Yeah, that are that arm bar. Yeah. Um, I was I was impressed. I yeah. was like, wow, that's a pretty big get. Yeah, that is. Um, She's. I mean, Sonya's voice acting sounds like Ronda Rousey, but uh, Sonya is kind of supposed to be this stoic marine anyway, so yeah. it works. It does. Uh, so you, just, you mean you don't want Freddy Krueger? No, because the thing about Mortal Kombat is like, why should I bother learning Kratos when I know there's like one percent chance he's ever going to come back? Why should I learn Freddy when I know he's never going to come back? I want them to actually, like, the second round of Mortal Kombat 10's DLCs were better because they were it was more Mortal Kombat characters. Yeah. Like they brought back Tanya from Ten that came or from Four. Like that came out of nowhere. It was kind of cool to see a returning character. From, you remember? Uh, did you see yesterday they announced Garrus? Yeah, so that's a brand new character. So that's the thing. Mortal Kombat has this has a kind of a rocky history with introducing new characters. Yeah, it does. They peaked at three, which is why guess what? Mortal Kombat's nine returning characters, one, two, and three, uh-huh. because those were the best. And then four was I actually like four a lot, but it was weird. You had like. Um, I also sh- liked four. Yeah, like, but like Shinnok sucked because he was like Shang Tsung, uh-huh. but only morphing and no moves of his own. So yep. no one really played him, especially on the home versions, which had to load every time he morphed. Mm. Uh, Fujin, the god of wind, I think he kind of yeah. sucked. Kai, another Shaolin monk, sucked. Like Kai we, totally sucked. We peaked at Liu Kang and, and Kung Lao. Yeah. So. That was actually one of my problems with 10 was like a lot of the new characters, like the Mortal Kombat kids, like the offspring of legacy characters. Yeah. A lot of them, they were hit or miss. Yep. Now that's, so that's the thing. Like I'm, I want them to introduce new characters cause they can't just keep going back to the Mortal Kombat one, two and three. Well, Garrus actually looks pretty damn cool. He does. Also, I would almost consider like Scarlet is technically a returning character, but considering she was only a DLC character in nine, yeah, she's kind she of still new. feels new. Yeah, for sure. And she was a badass. I loved playing her in yeah. nine. So I like I told Amy, like we were watching the reveal, I was like, all right, she I'm playing her first. Because mm-hmm. she was super fun to play in nine and she looks even better in eleven. I'm boring. I play as Scorpion. Scorpion but hey, Scorpion is Ed Boone's favorite character. Yeah, he's great. So you can't go wrong with Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion's great. Um and that's the thing. Like that's one one thing that makes Mortal Kombat palatable is you know there's always going to be a Scorpion and Sub Zero. Mm-hmm. So like when I first play that game, I'll probably play Scorpion or Sub Zero first just because I know them enough yeah. to get like they're my Mortal Kombat training wheels. But then when you get really good with them, especially Scorpion, he has that move where like he mm-hmm. walks forward breathing fire. Like that looks awesome. Yep. Although now having Baraka back in, oh dude, Baraka is great. He was one of my mains in MK2. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. Uh, uh, I used to do work with him. So <laughs> at the end of ten in the story, like Liu Kang, Katana, and Raiden all kind of turned heel, which is cool. Yeah. 
So I'm hoping Katana is actually my main in nine. Mm-hmm. She was my main in two. She was a badass. Yeah, she's really good. And so if if they bring her back in level, which they probably will they have for to. the story stuff, I will probably play her and Scarlet. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. No, she'll be good. Thank you for snorting on me, Lola. <laughs> Got your slobber all over my arm now. <laughs> She's like, "You're welcome. Thank it's you very an honor." Much. It's because we've been wrestling over your bobo for the past hour. Yeah, or however long you've been on this couch. No, it, the game looks great. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's a day one buy. I think I'm gonna get it on PC because uh, PC Gamer did an interview because uh-huh. like Mortal Kombat 10 on PC was kind of rocky. That was a that was a bad year for Warner Brothers. Like remember Arkham Knight? That was a dumpster yep. fire on PC, and then oh, yeah. Mortal Kombat 10 was. And Ed Boone actually Didn't said, Didn't Injustice like, 2 have problems also? It did. It yeah. did. So he said, like, this time, I guess they got, I want to say they got Q-Locked to do it, which also did, they did Dark Souls remastered. Mm. So um, we're looking at another year of Do It for Shack News nominees of, uh, like, Porthouses who do yeah. really good ports. Oh, wait. Speaking of the Do It for Shack News Award. Yes. We did it. Rocket League. Crossplay. Hey, yeah. PS4, Xbox One. The hunger Switch. strike is over. No, right? no, no. Now we turn to another one. Well, okay. For the hunger strike for crossplay in Rocket League. Yeah, we got it. Very specific. We got we yeah. got Fortnite and yeah. we got Rocket League. Yeah. So now we want Warframe. Okay. And Destiny too. Okay. Yeah. And Call of Duty. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, should have crossplay. Mortal Kombat 11 should have crossplay. Yeah. You know what I'm buying it for? what switch oh yeah that's true i'm buying it for switch now the question is i wonder if nether realm is doing that version in-house yeah not that it would like matter much because you know but uh i could see getting it for switch and maybe pc yeah i think that's what i'm gonna do because i want it portably yeah but i also want that beautiful graphical experience i need to pre-order i want to get shao Kahn. i'm glad he's back i love yep. shao Kahn. yep i'm biased of course i love him yeah of course you do uh, although it's he spells, A-H, yeah they spelled so, the name wrong, yeah 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 but it's close enough yeah uh now i've i've been a fan of his for a while yeah toasty he's he's again he's he's a throwback to the like the golden age of mortal Kombat. he was the final boss in two and three yep so people know him because that's when the series was at its peak huh lola yeah no i i I'm just happy it's coming to Switch. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think that's going to be a big Cause deal. Because that, that console needs more fighting games, so I, I it think really it could be does. pretty big on Switch. It it just needs more good games that are new. You know, so yeah. that's a good game that's new. Yeah. It'll sell well on it just because it's portable. And, you know, because I like the, the uh, is it a story mode or what do you call it? Campaign? or Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Mortal Kombat? I like the story mode oh, yeah. in, the can- in, in Mortal Kombat more yeah. than the Street Fighter ones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like, the thing about street fighter is like capcom wanted me to care about the story way too late into street fighter's life yeah like they established early on that their gameplay first because they iterated on street fighter 2 like six times yep and then and then street fighter is also really hard to follow like street fighter 3 is technically a prequel to 2 mm-hmm. and 5 is a like prequel to 3 and then 4 comes in like the middle like it's convoluted yeah mortal kombat the cool thing about mortal kombat is before they had story they had lore yeah like when mortal kombat 2 came out you'd want to see who came back but the cool thing was they always looked different yep like sub-zero like Something i remember happened there was a lot of talk like oh sub-zero's got that scar over his eye well it turns out that's not the same sub-zero as one that's his younger brother like the lore was cool yep the character profiles were cool yep uh, i remember one of the my favorite features of the 3d mortal kombat's was Every time you would beat the game, 
you could watch that ending anytime you wanted. Because a lot of people are like, oh, what happened to the reptile? And what happens yeah, to Katana sure. and Jade? And uh, yeah, I'm, I, I love Mortal Kombat. I'm geeking out. I'm, no, I, I'm I played MK2 so much. Mortal Kombat 2 was on, great. On PC. Yeah, I and, did too. And in the arcade. I had it on CD-ROM. Did you have CD-ROM for PC uh, or the disc? There are two versions. We were pirates. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Forgive me. I pirated a lot of stuff. I too. might not have bought that game. I bought it. My friend pirated it. That's right. That's right. I actually didn't have a PC that could play it when it came out. Because that was, what, early 90s, right? Yeah. I didn't have a PC that could play it. I was on a stinking Mac Plus still. Oh. So my friend pirated it. Yeah. And I would play it. I think we were two people on a keyboard. Oh, dude. That was tough because (laughs) DOS had... Actually, John Romero explained this. I wrote about it in Rocket Jump. Mm Mm-hmm. He said, do you, want, do you want to know why the cheat code in Wolfenstein 3D was MLI? He said, because we needed one key in each row because more than two keys in the same row and the keyboard would lock up. That <laughs> happened all the time because yeah. I, I did the same thing. Back in DOS, I played like Mortal Kombat <laughs> 1 on DOS, and my friend and I would each use a keyboard, and sometimes our characters wouldn't respond. You know how like you, you give your friends crap. They're like, oh, my controls. Like They make excuses. That was legit. It was, the controls it was a legit were a problem, problem back, back then. then. Yeah. yeah, we had that problem with Madden. We used to play Madden yeah, on PC. Yeah. And it was two people on a keyboard. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That was. <laughs> but you know what? The keyboard was preferable because this was back in the, like the Wild West of PC game pads where there was no good one. Oh, there was terrible game pads. The thing is, like, everyone was like, oh, use Gravis. And, but I'm like, look, Mortal Kombat needs five buttons for block. Gravis was Gravis basically had four. SNES. <laughs> well, but, but minus two because it didn't have shoulder it didn't buttons have at shoulder first. Buttons. It didn't have The face of an SNES controller. The other problem was the Gravis gamepad, pro, the buttons were sunk. So you couldn't like hold your thumb on one and then use the bottom of your yeah. thumb to press. They were too far in. Yeah. The other thing is when Mortal Kombat 3 hit, they added a six-button run. So Gravis was like, we'll press these two buttons for block and these two for run. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. So I actually yeah. played on Super Nintendo. It was worse, but I had six buttons. Yep. I remember that. <coughs> I think I ended up getting uh, MK2 for Genesis. I had it on. I had it on SNES first, and then PC. Yeah, we we had it on PC, and then Genesis. I had I it on Game Gear first. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Nope, not about that life. My mind was blown because it showed round one, and then it said fight like in a really gravelly voice, and I was like, what? Like <laughs> that was crazy. That was nuts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had I had Mortal Kombat, man. So this is like, <clears throat> I bought Mortal Kombat so many times, but each one, like, signified me getting a new console. Yep. When it came out, remember Mortal Monday? Yeah. September thirteenth, nineteen ninety three. I still yep. remember the damn day. <laughs> I only had Game Boy, so I got it, and that version sucked. But yeah, I talked did. myself into believing it was good because it was all I could play. Sure. Then my uncle sent me the PC version. Then my friend had it on Genesis, and we were like, oh, man, Blood Code. That was yep. huge. Yep. I remember I went over to a friend's house, and his mom would always like check. She's like, I'm just making sure nobody's using Blood Code. So we'd turn it on, and then when she would come in, we'd use moves that didn't draw blood, like sweeps. And then she'd leave, <laughs> and I'd kill him and like, punch his head off with Johnny Cage. <laughs> I love that game. Yeah. No, I'm I'm happy that it's still – the franchise is living on. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was a – a good presentation. <coughs> it was. It was solid. The I, I was glad that like Mortal Kombat got its own event. Yeah. That was cool. That pre-show was pretty terrible, but the actual show was good. I just that's to me that's part of the stigma of the games industry is we still have like these mainstream people who we believe will put asses in seats. 
but you can tell they know nothing about the product. Yeah. They're just there. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything about Naomi Kyle. She clearly knows nothing about Mortal Kombat. Like, I'm not <laughs> saying this isn't on her as a person. Maybe she's nice. But why was she there other than the fact that she's Naomi Kyle, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, we were talking about that in Slack. And, you know, cer- certain people on our staff were really not enjoying her. <laughs> like, and Jessica was like, Chobot was attractive. She's also, I believe, like, she's a legit geek. Yeah. Like, she knows this stuff. She knew this stuff. Mm-hmm. She would have been able to talk Mortal Kombat. I was saying that you would be good. You actually know Mortal Kombat. I'd go in there and ask all sorts of questions that, like, PR reps would have to jump in and be like, you know, because <laughs> you did my Tomb Raider interview. <laughs> They're like, They're like, we're not talking about it that. It was just funny because you, you put that question. I interviewed three people. Yep. And you put the question in three times. Yep. The third time, yep. it was so much more offensive than the other two that they were just like, no, we're done. I was like, okay. <laughs> but do you know why I did that, though? Because different people, like one of those guys from was from Eidos Montreal, oh, I know. so he would have a perspective that oh. the other guys wouldn't. Oh. Rich, as a brand manager, someone as a liaison between both companies would have a different perspective. Definitely. I was, that was some video game journalism-ass video game Oh, no, journalism. it was. I just remember like the look <laughs> on their face. I, 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 like, I read it I was like mm. before saying it out loud, and I was like, I'm like, this is a question from David. <laughs> you even said, I heard you whisper because I was transcribing. I was in tears. You were like, damn it, David. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just I was like, like, <laughs> I'm like, this is rough. This yeah. is going to be rough. Yeah. Like if I'm making Asif uncomfortable, I know I have a real home run question oh, it's, here. It was a great question and I, I wanted them to answer it. So well, was, like uh, inquiring minds want to know like, hey, Mankind Divided didn't do well. So mm-hmm. how did that put a studio in a position to work on Tomb Raider? Was this like a do or die? Yeah. I didn't think they'd answer, but I had to ask. Yeah. You know, but no. like, yeah, no, I appreciate that. I think I, I would have had a lot of fun at that event if I could actually like, I, I feel like I could have hosted it and, and talked to people and knew what I was yeah talking about. Like that's it's like, a genuine love of yeah, that like, property. I just meant like you actually know about the series. Yeah. You know about the history of the series and you would have been able to talk to those people who were also super excited. Yeah. The cosplayers. Dude, the New pros. Day and Selena Vega from WWE. Kofi Kingston is old Shang Tsung was amazing. Did you see Xavier Woods was there too? Shao Kahn? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He looked amazing. A that of- dude, he would have done a better job. That guy yeah. is a gamer. Oh, yeah. He's that guy up, loves up, down, down, man. Yeah. yeah, he could have run that. You know he knows Mortal Kombat. That's A lot of people were saying Selena Vega was Katana. I'm like, no, nope, that's Jade because yep. it's green. Exactly. See, yeah. These kids- Kids these days, these they don't kids know any with better. Their blaz blues and their hey, that game's good. No, that game is good, but it's not like 1992. No, Dawn of Fighting Games. No, good. No, no, no. But it's it is good. It, it laid the framework for the greatness that is fighters. Yeah, Dragon Ball fighters. Yep. Like they Arc System Works did an amazing job with That's fighters true. and with Blaze Blue. That's true. And honestly, at Evo. Blaze Blue is fucking entertaining as fuck. It is fun to watch. That's a fun game to watch. Yeah, it is fun to watch. I don't know if they're... I don't think they're at Evo. I think they, they gave their spot to Fighters. But they're on the day before. Well, that's kind of like Netherrealm's in the same boat. Like, you know they're not going to be there for Mortal Kombat and Injustice. Yeah. It's, it's the newest thing. Well, it's going to be Mortal Kombat. It's going to be Mortal Kombat What's going to be interesting is see what Sonic Fox does. I, yeah. 
Because, like, what is his game? Is it yeah. fighters? Because he's really fucking good at fighters. But he's been playing a lot of Smash lately, and now he's into Mortal Kombat. Not to mention he's great at Tekken. Did he play Street Fighter? No. Okay. I could, I knew there was one he didn't play, but I couldn't remember which. He didn't play Street Fighter. Okay. Because it would have... Uh, I think he played Injustice last year. It was Injustice mm. and, and Fighters. He likes NetherRealm games. Yeah, he does. Um... I would imagine he'd try to swing both. Is there, you know more about the schedule than I do. Is there any conflict between Smash and, and whatever NetherRealm has? I don't think he's going to play Smash. Really? No. Okay. He does, it doesn't seem like. He's just been. He's, he was joking mm-hmm. about how he was going to main Isabel from Animal Crossing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then all these Smashers got involved in the tweet. Oh, and then boy. he was like, what have I done? Yeah. Oh, Lil's off the couch again. Number two. What are you doing? Oh. Is that the is that the wrap it up, Mark? I guess so. Wow, our producer. Okay, here you go. She Get makes it. her opinion known. She does. Why don't you show that to the deers, Lola? I know, right? That's Where's that I, attitude when they're infringing on our property, Lola? <sighs> Too busy being a little foof head. Actually, I you know what? I mentioned this I think toward the tail end of last year. I said that last mm-hmm. year for me in gaming was defined by indies, whereas this year. I'm looking forward to a lot of AAA stuff. Mm-hmm. I think like I'm super pumped for RE2, obviously, but also like Mortal Kombat 11, Sekiro. Sekiro is like right in between RE2 and uh, and Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. um, and Doom, and yeah, Doom Eternal. I'm super pumped for that. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I don't know, like nothing against AAA studios from last year, but nothing really jumped out at me in 2018. Compared to 2017 and compared to what's on deck for 2019 so far. A lot of people dodged Red Dead. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I think, yeah. You're you know, right about that. You didn't get The Last of Us. You didn't get uh, You didn't get a lot of big Sony titles that you would have. Yeah. You didn't get a lot. Well, I don't know what the fuck Microsoft is doing. And, yeah, it was a really bad year for Bethesda. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Uh, and I consider them AAA. They are. They absolutely are. You know, uh... I think, uh, yeah, it wasn't that great of a year for AAA games, but it was an excellent year for indies. Yeah. So they they picked up the slack, and now this year, it's looking like a great year for games again. This is looking yeah. like one of those banger years, and if we get a Metroid this year, forget about it. Yeah. That's just the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. And based on what I saw from unnamed, I, I, I may or may not have looked at the E3 layout, and I may or may not have seen one company has bought up like half of West Hall. Yeah. And it might start with an N and end with Nintendo. Hmm. It doesn't say. It just says, it says reserved. Yeah. But it literally looks like half of the freaking hall. Going based on, uh, well, the fact that Sony pulled out. Yeah. And based on the console, the two con- console manufacturers who are traditionally camped out in West Hall. Yeah. You know. It, yeah. By process of elimination, the only company who could afford that amount of space is Nintendo. Yeah. And it looks like they got a massive booth planned, so I, I hope they have something to show us. I'm excited about that. Even, like, independent of the games, like, their last... I don't really remember what their booth was last year in terms of theme, but in 2017 and 16, when they did Mario Odyssey, like, New Dunk City and Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. it was, man, the the, uh, the booths were attractions in and of themselves. Oh, so well done. Yeah, we gave them awards for... Uh, Hell yeah. We, I think we gave them an award for both of those booths. Yeah. It is well deserved. Um, but yeah, 
Uh, we're planning already. I'm already planning E3. We were talking E3 before the show started. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. It's January, and I'm already talking about E3. Yeah. I'm already planning QuakeCon. I'm already... You got to, though. I, I imagine Jeff Keighley starts planning the Game Awards the day after the Game Awards. I'm, I'm sure. Because yeah, he did an amazing job. He did. Uh, and I'm, I'm really impressed with it. But, yeah, that's got to be constantly on his mind it's gotta be exhausting sure uh but it's, yeah it's something i actually have come to look forward to um because it's it's a fun way to mark the end of the year mm -hmm. and uh i think he's also got there are two attractions to it it's it's fun to honor uh the developers and the publishers but it's also like i think a lot of people approach it with a super bowl mentality where even if they don't care about the game they're there for the commercials like he yeah. has a lot of cool reveals and trailers yeah and it's fun to tune in just for that mm -hmm. uh it was dumb that it occurred the day before smash came out because smash was one of the best <sighs> games to come out last year yeah talking about triple a games that yeah. ended up delivering yep Smash is fucking great. It is. I, I unlocked everybody. Yeah. I, I don't know if I told you Craig that. Craig like, unlocked everyone on mine. And that's that's very atypical for me. I was never, I never disliked Smash, but I was kind of ambivalent toward it. But for whatever reason, this uh, one feels Smash good, huh? 5 just really clicked. Yeah, it's it's just so good. Are you playing World of Light or are you just doing Smash? I'm just doing Smash. I actually have three mains. I like Bowser, Ganondorf, and Incineroar because he's he has a lot of wrestling moves. He's like a pro wrestler. Yeah. That's I like funny. all three of those. They're really fun. Lola, did you find some crumbs? I played. I mained Little Mac in four, but I don't really like him now. He is so bad he in is. Ultimate. Yeah. He might be the worst. He's bad. Yeah. You know, like, it pisses me off because I was looking at some of these low tier mm -hmm. rankings. Yeah. It's like some of my favorite char characters. Yeah. Pac-Man, Kirby. Why does Kirby get so much hate? I know. I don't understand. Soul Survivor. Out of everyone in the world of light, yeah. he's the only one who survives. Yep. His up B is ridiculous. His yep. down B is ridiculous. His fucking mallet smash? He's versatile. He really is. I'm surprised he's low tier. I don't get what, all the hate. What's all the hate about Kirby? Is it because there's some way to beat him? Is is that it? There's like there's like He has some sort of vulnerability? I almost think... We talked about this, I think, a lot, two, three episodes ago, but like... At least for a while after launch, people were favoring heavy characters. Yeah. So maybe that's part oh, of Oh, no. I, I definitely think I, I myself, I'm spending way more time playing as K. Rule. K. Rule's good. Than like anyone him. else. Because yeah. his recovery's great. Yeah. His his smash is really fun. Yeah. Uh, No, he's really good. Uh, I'm seeing people playing as Wolf, Star Wolf, mm -hmm. Dark Samus. I'm seeing a lot of Peaches out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like there's something about Kirby that just fits my playstyle. I've been playing as Kirby since N64. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I'm never going to stop. No. You guys, I, I drove everyone insane when we were playing multiplayer because I will spam up B. Hell yes. I just fucking That's chop, Kirby's thing. One I just his chop best the shit out of people. Is, yeah. Like staying alive. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny because, uh, JB, he always plays Luigi every, really? every single version of the game and he refuses to really he play. He had done lock him this time though. Yeah. Yeah, that's the th that was the nice thing about me. Like I didn't have to unlock anybody. Yeah, I had, I had Kirby just right there for me. Yeah, I think Link is kind of like that for me. Like I, I also play a lot of like I don't know adult Link, regular Link. He's not that good. He's he's worse than this one. I think he is worse, but he's also like dependable. Like I know his moves. I like Toon Link. 
Toon Link is the best Link in this version of Smash. Yeah, I don't like Kid or Young Link at all. No, I don't like Young Link. But I like Toon Link, yeah. Toon Link is my favorite of the three in this version. Because mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild Link, as I like to call him, mm-hmm. his bomb kind of sucks in Smash. It does. And so I'm not really... I, I feel like they he's weaker than he was on... Uh, on Wii U. It's really weird. I almost have like a Street Fighter, like Fireball Dragon Punch corner trap with him where I can stay back and I mm-hmm. can use the bow. Yeah. And then when people jump at me, I'll do his up B to do that like yeah, cyclone sure. move. Yeah, yeah. And then when they're weak, I'll usually use like a down B stab to get them out. Oh, no. Like, I, I love Link. Yeah. I love his moves. He doesn't feel as effective. He's just not, though. he's not as powerful as he was in 4 yeah. or in other iterations. I can, yeah, I can. I, I but can I feel like Toon Link is really good. Yes, Toon Link is good. I think Pac-Man's super underrated. He is fun as fuck to play with. He is fun. Uh, the one person I wish who was better and who really didn't live up to my hype in 4 either is poor Mega Man. I don't think he's that good. He's not bad. I think he's better in Ultimate than he was yeah, in 4, he's but better. he's still not great. No. Greg plays very well with him. Really? Yeah. I want to see Greg play Mega Man. Then. Yeah. You want to watch Greg play as... Greg... Very good player. Okay. I'm not going to talk shit. Like, he kicked my ass wow. most of the time. With with Mega Man? or just He beat he... me with Mega Man. He beat me. He played, uh, his main is Pokemon Trainer. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He's so very good with Pokemon When you play Trainer. as Pokemon Trainer, do you have to choose a Pokemon, or do you get all three? You get, three. Three. The you get three. to rotate the three. Bulbasaur, Charmander, and uh, Squirtle? Squirtle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you get to rotate those three. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, Pikachu's really good. Yeah, Pikachu is really good. Uh, my friend plays Pikachu in his La Luchador yeah. outfit. Yeah, I Pikachu's love, good. I like Pikachu. I like Pichu. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't like my main is is Kirby, but I'm I'm always like I said. I think you have to be good at more than one character in this game. For my light pick, because all three of my mains are heavy, I really like Zero Suit Samus. In she's Ultimate. great. Yeah, she's awesome. She's great. Mm-hmm. I liked her in four. Um, no, I, I just think she's a cool character. Yeah. Uh, her moveset's awesome. There's just like, people have their style Mm -hmm. and characters fit certain people's styles. Yeah. 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 So for me, I want a character with a good down B. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I want someone who can, has a good aerial recovery. Yep. So that's why DDD, Kirby, Bowser checks, K rule. Yeah. Bowser. Bowser's great. Yeah, he's awesome. When you're on fire, when you're doing well with Dude, Bowser, it's like watching I, I this it's like watching Undertaker or something. Yeah. yeah. He's vicious. Yeah. Uh so I really like Bowser. Um yeah, Greg Greg I really liked Bowser at first mm-hmm. until I beat him. And then he's like, "Well, he's not good then." So then he like had to like. Oh, wow. Greg spent the next two days grinding to get all of the characters unlocked. We should get some staff battles going. We really need to. That'd be fun. I, well, I, before that, yeah. But since we'll all be in like the same. Oh room, yeah. Whenever, actually. whenever we're at an event, that's yeah. going to be our game that we play. That sounds fun to me. I might have to buy some more pro controllers just so that we have enough. I have two. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, we played a shit ton of Smash, and that game is. It's so good. Yeah, and that, that was my only beef with the Game Awards is that because of when it airs, they couldn't include that. Same in thing any... with Ashen, which yeah. had a release during. Yeah, that's even weirder. Awards, yeah. But like, 
when you I think what was good about how we determined our game of the year is we at least gave people time to not play Smash or play Smash. Yeah. Uh so it did make our top ten. Mm-hmm. It would have been Ozzy's game of the year if it wasn't for Spider Man. He put it at number two. Yeah. Uh it made my list. It, I think it changed my list materially because I put it at five. Mm-hmm. Um oh, yeah, that moved a lot of games down. Yeah. And knocked Subnautica off my list, which is sad. No, no, no. I had Subnautica on my list. I know Red Dead didn't make your cut. Red Dead and God of War, neither of them. Mm. I, I, God of War is another. Okay, so it's not bad gameplay. Yeah, I just didn't have fun playing it. Um, but it told a great story mm-hmm. and it's gorgeous. Yeah, like I, we gave it other awards. I think we gave it best action adventure game. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they got theirs, but yeah, yeah it, it wasn't our game of the year at Shack News, and it was everyone else's. So. Yeah, yeah. We're different. Except uh, Giant Bomb and Eurogamer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tetris right? Effect. Yeah. yeah. No, man. So I was really happy to see Tetris Effect get somebody's game of the year. Yeah. Because uh, to me, it was, it is just almost perfect. Yep. Like, multiplayer? If it had multiplayer, I would have made the case that that was a 10 out of 10. I think, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I feel the same way, but I can also, I understand stylistically why they, yeah, why they didn't. didn't include it. I do too, but the absence of it was the number one reason why sure. I docked at a point. Yeah, I can, otherwise, I can agree with that. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have really made a case for it. Yeah. Because it's damn near perfect. I almost feel like multiplayer would make for a good like DLC expansion for that, where they build. They did such a good job of uh-huh. of creating a single player experience. They should also just take time, create a good multiplayer. Experience. Oh, so like adapt the synesthesia engine, yeah. for a split screen multiplayer. Yeah, oh, instead of great. just bolting it on, yeah. be very purposeful and thoughtful about yeah. it and release it as a DLC or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, I would rather they do that than just include a multiplayer mode that sounds like a car wreck, you know. Or is this it's just like regular old Tetris. Yeah. Like do something unique. Because that's that's the thing, like that's kind of the Doom twenty sixteen problem where the multiplayer wasn't bad, it just did not measure up to the uniqueness of the campaign. No, not at all. What Lola? I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, that's a you know, just one last thing about Tetris Effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I I have a problem. I play that game a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm addicted to it again. Of course, it's not affecting me the way the old Tetris games do, did, hmm. where I would very frequently visualize them. Like when I was going to bed, yeah. I would like see them in my head. I'd mm-hmm. see pieces. It's the music. The music gets stuck in my head. Yeah, just random times of the day. I'll start hearing this song it has in my head. It's a solid soundtrack. It's like amazing. Yeah. And it's so intense that like there's times where I'm like, fuck, like I need to play that game again. Yeah. So it's not You can listen to it in theater mode, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. But uh I'll just hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it'll just pop into my head at random. Mm-hmm. So that's how it's affecting me. Oh, okay. That's which is a testament to how great that game is it's an earworm now for you yeah it's not the same so maybe that's a good thing i think it's a good thing because and i wonder if one reason for it is in the past most tetris games had the same soundtrack mm-hmm. they're just kind of remix versions of the same songs sure whereas tetris effect is presents this brand new score mm-hmm. and also that there you can't buy the soundtrack anywhere there's that, and I feel like again, it's very purpose-driven design where they they tailor the soundtrack. 
to the design, to the, level, to the visuals, to every, the to the, the yeah the to movement, yeah, exactly. yeah, to all action. Yeah. It's the synesthesia engine. Yeah, it's amazing, mm-hmm. and they deserve a lot of credit for what they've done there. Um, it's just amazing. I love that game. Yeah, if you haven't played it, you should play it. I don't know what's wrong with you. It's awesome. Shut the fuck up, Siri. What does Siri want? I don't know. I think I got this new Apple Watch, right? right. When you raise your wrist, sometimes Siri is triggered. <sighs> I need to turn that off. Amy's iPhone, every now and then, it'll just go, but it. And Siri's like, what? What's up? And Amy's like, I didn't call you. Like, she yells at this thing. Yeah, yeah. I do too. I kind of want to just turn off Siri forever. Yeah. But then I'll need her. Yeah. There'll be like that one moment. She's waiting. She's like, I know you'll need me, Asif. Yeah. yeah. I will be here. Yep, someday. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it. I think that's our show. But it's a good show. Yeah, it was. Look, we got we wrung a lot of uh, a long of a, a lot of material out mm-hmm. of kind of you know one of the slower periods of the year. I mean, slower January and February used to be slow, but like next week RE two, which I I think is fair to say is like a first front runner for a game of the year conversation down the line, Definitely. comes out week after that, days after that is Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah, stuff. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't really care about Press that. Press a but button like, to win. Yeah. That's not my thing, but like it is a big release. <laughs> it is, and oh, it's, no, no and it's doubt. January, no doubt. It was, Ozzy is super stoked for that. It was supposed to be last year, yeah. So it was delayed, yeah. And I, I've played it. I played the demo at Judges Week. It's press A to win. Mm-hmm. Like if that's there's Kingdom people Hearts out fans. there, yeah. that love that shit. It's a convoluted mess of a story. Yeah, it's just not. I don't like it. Amy won me over <laughs> on the gameplay. Like I would, I watched her play one. I was like, eh, whatever. But I watched her play two, and she even says like two is a better game because mechanically it's better. And she's she's mm-hmm. a super fan, but she's like, yeah, the story is silly. But I like the. I think I do think they have like unique takes on Disney properties and the sure. worlds. And I think she actually she got stuck on one boss. I think Sephiroth from Seven. This is when we were first dating, so she was like, see if you can beat this guy. And she handed me a PS2 controller. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this game is fun. I don't think I could sit through like 50, 60 hours of it, but I can see why people like it. Yeah. It's just, it's for those people. Yeah. I actually enjoy watching people stream it. Yeah. More than I do playing it. Yeah. So like if Greg were to stream it or if Ozzy were to stream it or Bad I Kitty. Would, I would tune in. Bad Kitty was streaming. I would watch yeah. someone who enjoys the game stream it. And I enjoy doing that more than playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also just kind of fatigued with Disney properties. I'm I'm kind of there with you. I don't care, especially since we're getting two of their live action remakes this year, Aladdin, which and, no one asked for. No, Aladdin, Lion the cartoon King. was perfect. It was perfect. You had Robin fucking Williams as the genie. You yeah. can't do no. better than that. No, it's it's like saying someone saying like we're going to remake Back to the Future without. Yeah. Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, like, no, yeah. you don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Like, you you can't already got it. Duplicate their you chemistry. You already nailed it. Yeah. It's like, uh, what is it? Uh, the Last Starfighter? Yeah. Trying to remake that. Yeah. The creator won't let them. How about with, um, how about the remake of Karate Kid? Yeah, there you go. <sighs> Although Cobra Kai, outstanding. But that's, that's, that's like a sequel. Yeah. That's not a remake. Of exactly. It. No one. No one cares. If Cobra Kai was like we're setting this in the Jackie Chan, Jaden Smith version, people would not give a shit. No. Uh, speaking of which, season two should be this spring, right? Of Cobra Kai. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. Yep. Season one was so good. It. 
was outstanding. I'm so, like I love how much of a douche Daniel is. Yeah, <laughs> he's like a he's like a car salesman. Douche. It was really interesting. I guess we're gonna get a little bit of spoilers here, but like I like how toward the end of the season Daniel had kind of like found his way back to Miyagi Do. Yeah, yeah, karate, and Johnny Johnny was kind of like having some like life epiphanies too. But now his protege is becoming a douche too. Mm-hmm. But Daniel's daughter is getting ready to throw down. I think that's going to be cool. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'm excited for that show. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, watch it's it. It's so good. Um, it's on YouTube. Red. It's just cheesy enough. It is just like the original movies. Were. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But no, there's. We're in a weird place where there's a lot of remakes and rehashes, and I'm just tired of Disney. Yeah. Like. I'm tired of everyone just slobbering all over the same fucking Marvel shit. Like, yeah. I get it. I get it. You're excited? I'm not. I. You fucking had a chance. You had one chance, Disney. Yeah. It was called Civil War, yeah. and you fucked it up, yep. and I got off the train. When I saw what you did to Civil War compared to the comic, yeah. I said, see ya. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're going to do this? It's like what they did to ESPN. Everyone loves to blame ESPN for Disney's problems. Mm -hmm. They ruined ESPN. They made it the way it was. They forced those special interest stories down their throat. People watched SportsCenter for highlights. Yeah. That's why we watched it. Mm -hmm. Not to watch some bullshit. Yeah. You know, and like. (laughs) I agree. And like Disney. By removing, I think, what was the most interesting storyline in Civil War, mm-hmm. I was out. Yeah. I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I don't give a shit about this because the comics told a better story Yeah, years ago. That's the thing, right? Like, comics can do that, like, huge, like, book-spanning arc, but Hollywood can't because they still need, like, the next slate of thor and iron man and blah 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 to go without like civil war creeping in so it was just never going to be i I really like civil war in the comics too yeah but i knew the movie could not if if it's just going to be a single film no way they ruined it yeah yeah it's like almost like civil war needed to be three movies yeah and then you could have done something cool yeah but no once they did that i was out Mm -hmm. and i'm just over it like i i feel like hollywood especially music but also video games now we're falling into a postmodern trap where everything's been done, so let's just redo the same shit over and over again. Sure, sure. You know, and I think we're probably only, what, four years away from another Batman trilogy at this point? And I know you're going to eat it up. Well, but like, no, I actually have um, one criteria. I don't want another origin story. Yeah. I know how Bruce Wayne became Batman. Yeah. Everybody knows the yeah. eight-year-old kid, gunshots, bat through the window. I get it. I know. Joker. Yeah. I actually, I think that that was told really well. I also think Batman Begins and the popularity of that story, the way Nolan shot it, it's kind of like to blame for like this spat of origin stories we're getting. Yeah. But- I know that. Mm-hmm. Just have it be like Batman eighty nine, where like he's Batman. Yep. From like five minutes in, he's Batman. Yeah. Tell a different story. Yeah. You know? I don't need to see. That. I don't. If they ever reboot Spider Man, which they will, because they've done it what like six times in ten years. I don't need to see the radioactive spider. I know. <laughs> I know. Everybody knows. No, they Just don't. Just move forward. Five year old kids don't know. Ah, they can figure it out. Like but Batman eighty nine makes- did that in the flashback, right? Yeah. yeah. And they did a great job of it. Yeah. No, I 
I don't know, but I feel like art is in a very dangerous place where everything's kind of just being rehashed repeatedly because that is the cost effective thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's safer. And that's why it goes back to what I was saying about Disney. I just can't support them. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, and it, it, you know what? And I say this with a fucking Mickey Mouse on my watch. Right. You know, it's not that I don't like Disney. I like what they once were. Well, be an objective fan. Don't Toy be a Story fan Four, boy, you know. Yeah, we don't need a Toy Story Four. Toy Story Three was the perfect ending. They will make Toy Story movies until Tom Hanks dies. Yeah, and then they'll use Jim Hanks, like in Kingdom Hearts uh, Three. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, but Toy Story Four, perfect example. It is. does not need to be made on more than one level because I I miss when Pixar didn't make sequels pixar only made bangers yep only these amazing movies i know there's that took a, years to make i know there's a sequel to monsters inc but i don't need to see it because yeah. the first movie was perfect oddly enough who founded pixar and who's dead yep there you go there you go yep you know the answer to that question bad kitty you know what bad kitty add that to the bingo card yes every time i mention that steve, steve jobs, jobs is dead <laughs> Well, I was walking we have around, to because apparently people don't I was, know. I was walking around CES and I'd see this stupid product and I'd be like, "Yeah, Steve Jobs is dead." Yep. You know. Yep. That fucking billboard. What happens on iPhone stays on iPhone. Would Steve Jobs do that? No. Because would Steve Jobs go on two fucking CNBC interviews in a week? No. He didn't even do that in ten years. No. He gave like five interviews in ten years. It's just so ridiculous. That whole what happens on iPhone stays on iPhone thing is wrong on so many levels. Yeah. Everything about that is terrible. Yeah. And to do that at CES across from the convention center when you're not fucking there. Yeah. And then you release iTunes on a fucking Samsung TV (laughs) where they've been in trouble for privacy issues forever. (laughs) Yeah. Tone deaf. Yep. Yeah. So Steve Jobs is dead. Put that on the bingo card back, Kitty. Yep. Yeah, let's end the show there. That's a happy note to end on. Yeah, sure it is. Walt Disney's dead. Steve Jobs is dead. But now you need to climb up on your soapbox. Because believe me, this message still needs to get out there. Apparently. Because you pirated Mortal Kombat 2. But then I bought it. Okay, yeah, fair enough. All right. And they're remaking it. it, it. I didn't even have a... Your friend did. My friend did. I had a Mac Plus. It couldn't even run on that. Remember the Mac Plus? You had to fucking put a disc in with the OS, and then you had to eject that disc to put Word in, and then you had to eject that disc to put another disc in to save your document on? Remember cassette tapes? Remember? No, but do you remember? No, I do. I absolutely do. That was my life. I couldn't play Mortal Kombat on that piece of shit computer. No, you couldn't. I didn't have a PC. That was my friend's struggle. I had PCs. I didn't have a PC of my own until 1996. It was a solid year, though, for PC games. It was a hell of a year to get a PC. Yeah. Because I could play Quake. And I could play Duke, Duke. Yeah. And I was in heaven. Yep. And I could play Doom. Plus we were had, still playing Doom. You had three Dooms. You had like Doom, Doom 2, and Final Doom, which is underrated. We were playing like, Doom 2. Doom 2. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, IPX. That's best multiplayer version. Yeah. We were playing Doom 2 on our, on our land that we literally set up at the high school. That's good times, man. But yeah. So I had a PC in 96, but 95, that 93 to 95, I was going over to friends' houses. Yeah. And they had. They might have pirated some stuff. Might have. Yeah. Can't uh, but I bought MK2 for uh, Genesis. Yeah. Because of the blood. Yeah. Uh, I had Street Fighter 2 on SNES. Yeah. 
Of course. Um, but yeah, those those are the best ones of both of them, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, okay, so soapbox. <sighs> Get ready. As, as I rub my head as I say this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Listen to me, chuckle fucks. If you're on the internet, which you probably are because you're listening to us through a series of tubes, let's say you're on Twitter, Facebook, yeah, not Google Plus anymore, no, even chatty. Let's say you're on the Shack News chatty, right, yes. our forum, and you see a thread, and you see people talking, and let's say you read the headline. Let's say it's a Shack News article. You read the headline, and you respond to the headline without reading. Don't do that. Click the link. Actually read the article. Become a more informed reader of information. Yes. And then let's say before you hit like or retweet, Greg, actually read the article. Yeah. It makes you an informed reader and an informed share of information. Also helps prevent the sharing of fake news, which is a huge problem these days. Yeah. Here's an example. Yesterday, the uh, Wall Street Journal Uh-oh. reported... Uh, the Treasury was talking about removing the tariffs on China. Treasury came, so the stock market shot up. Mm-hmm. Apple went up like $4. Yeah. Treasury Secretary comes out and says, that's not true. Stock market goes back down. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, why Why are we... We have we have we have programmatic trading that pays attention to these things. So the machines saw that and they said bye 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 bye. And then they heard the other news. They said sell 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 sell. It shows you how easily it is to manipulate things with fake news. Yeah. And this is Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Which used to be a good financial publication, but then got acquired by News Corp, owners of Fox News, mm-hmm. and they've run it into the shitter. All the best journalists left Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Walt Mossberg's retired. Kara Swisher's doing great things over at vox now Mm -hmm. she's honestly if you don't follow kara swisher go follow her i love her like she does like q a's on her streams yeah yeah like she does periscope yeah i I think it's periscope yeah she's brilliant yeah and really nice and will talk to anyone about anything super yeah i mean just super articulate and And, and just one of the most intelligent voices we have in journalism right now Mm -hmm. uh so these are ex wall street journal people Mm -hmm. i'm sure they see this and they groan so on this, you know, a good example is don't go out and just share something that fits your own bias. Hey, you know, I want the stock market to go up. Or this news story has to be true. Yeah. I saw it. I saw it happening. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Because Apple's in the shit. Yeah. Stock is hated right now. Yeah. But it shows you that there's like a coiled spring scenario here where any good news and the market's going to go up. But this is how dangerous it is mm-hmm. that you can write fake positive news headlines and make the market go up. Yeah. Editors need to be careful. And it just it bothers me when a, a storied institution like Wall Street Journal is spreading nonsense like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is the this highlights what we're talking about, that yeah. fake news can can affect the real world. It can in a big way. So click the link. Right? It's not that fucking hard. And then read it before you bloviate about some bullshit that has nothing to do with the article. And if the article is marked opinion, what is there to fucking argue? It was my fucking opinion. Yeah. That was it. Yep. I didn't write that for anyone. This week when I wrote that Apple article, Mm -hmm. that was for me. Yeah. That was shit 
deep in my soul that was burning. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to put this out on the internet and yep. then I'm done. Yep. It was like just barfing it out there and I'm done. Moving on. Yep. But fucking click the link before you react. I don't think the Apple TV box is really that cool. Yeah, no shit. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I, I, I saw it. That was like the first comment on Twitter to me. And I was like, yeah, no shit. Right. I know. That's not, not what I'm talking about. Yep. But it was, it was like instant example of what I've been talking about on the soapbox mm-hmm. from that article. Uh, and then it was funny seeing Bad Kitty read it, you know, seeing Greg read it. So yeah. like people read it. Yeah. And it elicited a lot of emotion from people. Uh, but when it comes to news, if you want to, which I, I'm begging you to even click the link, so I doubt you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Find a second source. Yes. In the case of the Wall Street Journal story, there wasn't one. Right. So I, I looked. I looked on the internet. I'm like, what the fuck is this news? And I'm like, this is a rumor. Right. They reported it as news. Yep. Right? So this is this is another issue. You know, how is this thing being reported, right? But uh, if you want to go the extra mile, it's Sexy Bill the Cameraman's extra mile. You try to find a second source. You vet the information before you act on it, before you act like it is the God's honest truth. Mm-hmm. I don't expect anyone to do this because I'm sitting here begging them to even click a link. Yeah. I don't think that most people can read at this point. No, I don't think so. They just or are, are unwilling to. Yeah. But it's it's so much more important on the internet now to be first to share, first to like, first to comment. First to publish. First, you know, first to publish. Yeah. That accuracy of information is going down the validity of information the 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 motivation behind posts mm-hmm. are i'm calling into question uh but yeah it's it's really troubling and we i i posted a picture of it on chatty yesterday with a highlight i said here's the fake news spike because mm-hmm. it's just like you're literally manipulating the stock market with fake news right uh this has happened before too mm-hmm. so it's uh it's troubling i remember uh 2008 Bloomberg ran a obituary for Steve Jobs before he died, three years before he oh, died. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the stock went down because mm-hmm. Steve Jobs was dead, right. but he wasn't. Right. Uh, so, yeah, vetting the information is super important. Yeah. That's my soapbox. I, it literally, I die a little inside every time I have to say that. Yeah. Because... It's everything that's wrong in society right now yeah. can be summed up to what's going on with the sharing of fake news. Uh, there was an interesting stat I saw that baby boomers, people over the age of 60, mm-hmm. are more likely to share fake news. That's not surprising. No, but they're the largest sharers of fake news. Mm-hmm. And when you have these echo chambers that occur in Facebook with Facebook groups and Twitter with your curated followers. Yeah. You just have a bunch of people that keep supporting their own confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. And it just gets, it's a very dangerous, uh, vicious circle that we find ourselves in. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Click the link. At least the Shaq News one. Yeah. And it also helps people if, if you like the writer, if you like yeah. the video creator, if you like the podcaster. Yeah. It helps us because it gives us one more view, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so go ahead and do that. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll do the, the wrap up now. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't believe I have to keep asking people to click a fucking link before they fucking... Yeah. And yet. And yet, here we are. I think I've been doing this for almost every episode. I think I started, what, th- episode three or something? Yeah. It was here. 
Yeah, we were here. Yeah. It was after QuakeCon. Yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah, go to shacknews.com for your interviews, news, reviews, previews, long reads, videos, interviews. I've got three long reads on the fire right now. So, <laughs> so I'm on, you know, I usually take a sabbatical in January. Yeah. But by, by March, I would say they're going to start rolling out. Nice. Yes. So how's your break been going? I have You're not. Working. I have not taken. I'm working on these. Are this is my? I call it my right cation. And Amy's yeah. like, Ugh. but uh, <laughs> it's going pretty well. Stay well and listen to you know. It's come out this summer. Yeah, I, I finished my semifinal rewrite of that. I outlined a book today before I came over that I'm going to start writing next week. Oof. I have another young adult uh, novel that I actually like you to read. Uh-huh. Uh, is this it, the? Is this in the same universe as Point of Fate? Nope. This is this is brand new. Oh, it's it's brand contemporary new? fiction. Actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, I like that setting. Yeah, that um, that uh, beta readers are reading right now. That I plan to start shopping around by the end of the month, sometime in February. Uh, yeah, I've, it's been busy. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, you can also follow us what, at Shack News on Twitter. Yeah. We're Shack News on Facebook. If you like that garbage site, you yeah. know what? Go there. Keep their stock price elevated so I can knock it down again. It's, yes. It's really fun. Yes. Do I, it for Shack News. Yeah. Honestly. I'm trying to run Shack News solely on the profits from shorting Facebook. Yeah. And it's a huge and delightful goal. Yes. Uh, we're also on Twitch. We're Shack News there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on YouTube. Our YouTube channels are doing very well, actually. That's great. Uh, we're Shack News Games on YouTube because the guy who has Shack News is a dick uh, or a jerk. I can't remember what I said. Yeah, it's elev- It's escalating. He's, a, He's dick. a dick. Let's now. call him yeah. a dick. Yeah. Uh, and then we're also Gamer Hub videos because Gamer Hub might be the worst name possible. There's like 40,000 Gamer Hubs out there, <laughs> yeah. which is why we bought Shack News. Yes. Which was about five years ago, uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's that. I've been in this way longer than I thought I would. Yeah. I am way more involved in this company than I ever expected to be. Yeah. And uh, here we are. Yep. <laughs> but <laughs> I never thought I'd be... Yeah, I was just supposed to be the briefcase man. Yeah. Just supposed to show up with the money. That's all I was supposed to do. <laughs> now I'm like editor in chief and I'm CEO and I'm fucking working on another element of the redesign right now. I had a meeting this morning about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's just a lot of shit. Um, I think that's all the places you can go. Is there anything else? Is there anything else we're leaving out? I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah go to Shack Shop. For yeah, a better tomorrow, you yeah. get the Shack News hoodie, which mm-hmm. is basically the, it was the Nintendo Switch of 2018, mm-hmm. critically acclaimed. Dognose has one. Yeah, he loves it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, shout out to all of our listeners. I, I know Mr. Sleepy's out there, so hello, Mr. Sleepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and shout out to Mark Rebier for just being the hero of time. Yeah, he's killing it. He is. Uh, but yeah, those are just some folks to shout out to. Also, Reverse. Uh, I don't. You you know Reverse. Over on the chatty? I know who he is, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's making beats. Uh, he's That's been awesome. Post- he's been posting them on Instagram, tweeting them out. Uh, I've been sharing them as much as I can. Excellent. Congratulations, Reverse. Yeah, he's 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 getting into music in a big way. He's talking about going to see Aphex Twin in New York in April. Uh, but yeah, it's just, if you have electronic music, you want me to signal boost, tweet at me. Because I, I was talking to someone on Twitter. I'm like, I think I might be, I feel like I blew a fuse or something in my creative brain after i released my album because i haven't really it's been like over a year i haven't really created music mm-hmm. so i'm like i don't know if productive citizens dead if shack news killed him or if he's alive and he's just 
busy fucking editing shit for Shaq News. I think it's the latter. So, yeah, fuck you guys. Because. <laughs> hey, I, I usually like, turn I, I love electronic music. I have no time to make it. Copy. <laughs> yeah, I, you, yeah, you don't. You're not the problem. But other people, when yeah. I have to edit. Oh, yeah. boy. No, it's mainly Greg. Uh, <laughs> Poor Greg. I love you, Greg, but. You're, you're, oh, speaking of which, your spelling uh, makes me please sad. direct all complaints. Yeah, to... that's right. At Greg Burke 85, if you have any complaints about the show. If you have any praise or pet pictures, oh. at David L. Craddock or at Techno Sucks. Yeah. Uh, we want, and use that hashtag Shack Pets. Yes. Uh, that'll actually mean more later in the year. Your pets, but show them. And also, uh, yeah, check out my personal YouTube, Productive Citizen, all one word, if you want to see videos of Lola. I need to subscribe to that because yeah. I, I check out your YouTube videos when you post them in Chatty. I post every single one of those videos to Chatty. Yeah. Uh, in the brief dump. Mm-hmm. But if you don't get frequent the Chatty, you can just follow me on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can subscribe or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not monetizing them. I don't think so. Right. Yeah. It's just free. Well, we're in a we're in a lull economy anyway. We're in a lull session. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out next week if we're out of it. I think on January 26th. Uh, Tom oh, W. does the state of the law economy. Oh, wow. Uh, but last year, we were in a law session. So we're going to find out if the law session continued. Okay. I'm really on pins and needles about that. I, yeah. I have a bad feeling that we're still in a law session. I tried my best. <sighs> yeah. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to have to do more. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the brief dump every day on the chatty. Yes. It's better than Trump dump. Yeah. And there's all the pictures there and all sorts of good stuff. Yeah. But I think that's it, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do for music for this episode. Maybe some Mr. Sleepy music. Yeah, there you go. You know? His, uh, his beats are amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we've we've given Mark enough love. Mark is now almost too big. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's got a rocket strapped to him, that's like, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If I could only have bought stock at Mark Revier a year yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. We'd, it, it, it outperformed cryptocurrency and everything else. Yeah, dude. Uh, but no, he's he's awesome. We're super proud of him. Uh, and he's an example of someone who faced adversity, mm-hmm. responded to it with creativity yes. and positivity. And yes. It worked out for him. Mm-hmm. So that's always, it's inspiring uh, to see that. Even though he didn't win any awards from Shaq News, I still think he's he almost won Shacker of the Year, but he we did, gave it yeah. to Milla. Right. And Milla was deserving. Yeah. Even though he doesn't listen to the podcast. No. You know, that's the funniest part. Like you'll hear it if you look you gotta listen to last week's episode. I call out a ton of our staff for not listening. You should. And I know they'll never say anything because they don't listen. <laughs> Dude, I want to hear. I want to hear that episode. I'll yeah. listen to it. Yeah, because uh, yeah. So I like to throw in Easter eggs for people who do listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, hey Donovan. Uh, <laughs> he hey listens. Donovan, how's Duke going? Yeah, have you been playing enough Duke Nukem? How about the end of episode two where you fight Doom Guy? That's pretty wild, right? Mm, that was one Doom Space Marine. No, I'm. I'm hoping Donovan is listening because if he if he is, he's like, oh yeah, that's crazy. Then we know he listened, but he is not playing Doom. Yeah, and then we'll catch Try him not catch doing him. his homework. I do know about the that's one doomed space marine yeah. Easter egg. I love that. That was a great Easter egg. I was. Uh, I love that nod to that game. That game mm-hmm. is so good. Yep. Uh, we need another Duke. If only Gearbox could not crap their pants for a week. 
I know we're not even going to talk about that. No, it's not. We got nothing else to say about. It. We talked about it a little last week, but there's nothing new to say other than yeah. it's been radio silence over there. Yeah. Um so that's it. Yeah, we'll 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 go with some sleepy music for this. All right. Cuz I, I I don't think we've done that before. No. And he listens to every podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Mr. Sleepy's an avid listener of the Shackcast. I think one random winner. There's a couple of Shackers that asked me about it in, in the chatty, so Shout out to all you folks. Screw you, Wickus. You're not listening. <laughs> we talked about him multiple times on this episode. Or on this on the show. Never yeah. he's never even noticed. No. I unbanned that motherfucker. Yeah. And then what does he do? Talks this about Giant thanks, Bomb all day. I, I you know what? Giant Bomb's great. Not hating on them. No. Hating on Wickus. Yeah. Because I freed your ass. <laughs> I can I could I could put you back in jail. With all those other shackers that I, I, I am. Uh, At least he clearly... stopped calling me out in Bloodborne threads. So yeah. he's cleaned up his act a little bit. Yeah, he's ways. got to. Yeah. Because Bloodborne's not that good. Oh, you hear that, Wickus? It's not. It's I'm... just not. No. I was like, I, I tried. Yeah. I, I actually, it's sad. I played that more than Dark Souls games, and that makes Come me sad. On, man. I need, I need, I will Prediction. install it. Dark Souls 2 will be on Switch this year. I'm serious. Ooh. I'm serious. Prediction. prediction. F-Zero will be on Switch this year. Okay. I'm okay. calling it. All right. This is the new year. F-Zero? Yeah, new F-Zero. Did right. you, you didn't see my, my gaming hopes and predictions for the year? It was a Shaq chat last week. Oh, yeah. No, I did read that. That's right. So this is the year. Okay. It's going to happen. I also saw your, your tweet. This is the year, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's the exact. I, it was literally the exact same thing mm-hmm. with the emote. Yeah, the energy emote. Nintendo yeah. needs your energy. Mm. Yeah, their stock went up. So that's good. Yeah, that is good because I own more of that than anything else. They need some energy to bring F Zero to Switch, though. They do, or something. Yeah, I just think this is the year uh, to bring out some of those smaller franchises that that wouldn't be super dev intensive. I mean, they've got that Disney Vault thing going on. There's so many IPs yeah. in there they could dust off. Yeah, but yeah. That's it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll end every episode this year with that just to piss Greg off. You should. Yeah, you know, Greg likes to to shit on hopes and dreams. He does. That's what he does. Yeah. He's a thief of joy. Uh but oh. yeah, I, I'm predicting F Zero on Switch and it's gonna be great. Okay. And they have a whole booth dedicated to it at E three now. No. Well we I can mean, hope. They could fit a fucking racetrack in there. They could. That's not happening. No. Oh, you know what is coming out? Cart on iOS. Oh, right. How did I forget? <laughs> so there's that, David. Yeah, there you is excited? that. Oh, I'm super stoked. Yep. Get excited. I will. I'm trying. Nope. More excited. Or I'm trying, and it hurts. I'm trying so hard. Yeah. Mobile games will do that to you. Yeah. Doesn't everybody have phones? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Okay, that's Woo! the show. Yeah. Uh Lola has checked out again. Dude, this is your second la- nap, Lola. She is tired. All that all those belly rubs wore her out. All those belly rubs, all those thinking, all that thinking about confronting the deer and not doing yep. it. I bet those deer are still back there. I bet they are. They have nothing to be afraid of. Lola's not stopping them. They're basically the they're the king shit back there. They're the biggest animal. For sure. I wouldn't say they're the apex predator cuz they're not a predator. No. But 
I would I imagine any of the feral cats back there are probably afraid of them. Mm-hmm. I saw some squirrels. It seems like all the animals know that the storm is coming, so they're trying to gather. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know what? If they want to chill in my backyard, that's you should, cool. You, I want like a series of live updates on the deer if this storm hits. <laughs> we need to know. I'll keep their because uh, I because there's a little family back there. Yeah, it's like three of them. Yeah, and their tracks like they walked right in front of my house at that's some point crazy. today. Uh, I was like, damn it, I could have got a better picture. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, the deer are pretty fucking exciting. Yeah. And uh, we're about to get hit by another snowstorm. So woo. I will let David go and get his supplies. Yeah, I gotta get some frozen pizzas. Frozen pizzas. Some milk. Milk. What else you got? I don't know. Did they even give you a list? I don't not know. I don't have a plan. Oh shit. Yeah. You got a fucking plan. She man. Co- she complains. She's like she gives me a list and then says I miss things. Then she doesn't give me a list and she's like you didn't get anything I like. I can't win. If you fail to plan, or yeah, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yeah. But even if you do f- plan, you still fail. Yeah. Well, that sounds. Like I'm just. I'm. I'm failing. That's a catch twenty two there. Right. Oh well. Yeah. I don't know. I, I got most of my stuff taken care of yesterday, but nice. I do need to make a run to like a Target or Walmart. Honestly, or don't think like we have like some meals and some snack food. We also have a Blue Apron meal we can cook, so I shouldn't have to get much. That's why I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sweating. Like how long though would it take for Eurogyro or whatever the fuck they call themselves to deliver <sighs> during a storm? I wouldn't, I don't, I mean, I'm not even saying this to knock them. I don't even know if they'd open. They're just going to stay closed tonight. Yeah. That's so lame. Amy has a some doctor's appointment tomorrow, and I guess they called her like, we just want to see if you want to reschedule. Because we don't want to come into work. No. I mean, like, it gets to a point where, like, you know, there are those, it happens every winter where, you know, like, you're not allowed to be on the road. It's like a level three advisory or whatever it is. Yeah. I always feel bad. Like, I try not to order food during bad snowstorms because I don't want anyone out there delivering my pizza for $5 an hour. Yeah. Sliding all over the roads, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to a point, like, I get that that's the job, but I'm also not, I don't know. I don't want to be that guy. I rarely order delivery at all because I'm here all fucking day anyway. Yeah. So I might as well leave the house. Yeah. Those few times where I, I get food. <laughs> I actually do like picking food up, but there are those days, you know, when it's like when it's late and you're tired. And, oh, for sure. Yeah. Also, just there's not a lot of like if Bombay sits are delivered. Oh my gosh. I'd be really fat. Yep. <laughs> I would be too. I'd be so happy. I kind of want to get that tonight. Maybe that. There you go. That might be my dinner. That, you know what? We out. didn't do an unofficial sponsor yet. Oh yeah, that's right. So there you go. First unofficial sponsor of, of the Ohio year because yeah. we did one last episode. But yeah, yeah. here yeah. it's gonna be Bombay Bombay Sitar. That was our, uh, I think, our overall winner of our unof- no. Bombay Sitar. No, Swenson's. Oh, won. Swenson's was. You're right. You're right. Swenson's won. But wasn't Bombay Sitar like number two? It was close. Yeah. Yeah. We have to go back and watch the tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah swenson's of course yeah that's easy. But yeah the to wrap guitar. up david's very excited about re2 oh my gosh i am too i'm playing all next weekend yeah i mean i don't blame you it sounds like you'll be able to beat it pretty quickly because yeah. you have quite a bit of experience yeah uh i'm excited for ace combat 7 which just mm-hmm. came out mm-hmm. uh, i'm still playing tetris effect i play f-zero x every day mm-hmm. i want to get under a minute and I think the world record's like 40 seconds in Death Race. I'm trying to get under a minute. You need to like consistently get under a minute, set a new record, and then we can like cheer you on at a GDQ event. 
Yeah, I don't think I I'm I'm I those days have passed yeah. me. Like it's still cool to see like the old magic's still there though. Yeah, I got it. I feel like I still have it. Uh and it's only in a couple of games that I can see it sometimes, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, if you ever watch me play Gears, uh I'm still pretty good at that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh horde mode Mm -hmm. but i i can probably beat horde mode by myself yeah horde mode is great i unlocked i played so much horde mode in gears 3 that i unlocked the infinite ammo mutator really so it just makes it so much more fun yeah you turn that on you don't have to worry about managing ammo you don't have to worry about who's picking up what uh it just makes it just like spray and pray delight yeah so we turn that on and we'll fucking take down a brumach with just two of us that is awesome uh, Checkout is one of my favorites. I've beaten that zero to fifty. I've beaten Gridlock zero to fifty. Uh, quite a few levels. I think Escalation zero to fifty. I wish that game didn't suck, the new one. But uh, there's always Gears Five. Yeah. And six. Yeah. And seven. Yeah. And eight. Yep. And whatever Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And another Batman trilogy. Yeah, you're damn right. So look forward to all that postmodern feedback loop. I love Batman. And if you haven't watched The Good Place. Yes. Right? Yes. I think that's the unofficial show of this episode. Yes. So yeah, this is the longest episode of all time. Is it? <laughs> yeah. How long? It's plus the intro, like three and a half hours. Well, hey, we're, bring, we're bringing 2019 in back at, at Shaq's Canton HQ yeah. with a bang. So you're welcome, Michael Wang. Yeah. <laughs> this is a long outro, though. He's not going to like that. No, he hates these. Yeah. But by then, what does he have to complain about? Yeah. You know? If you're like still you listening. Hey. Yeah, thanks for that. Kudos to you. And actually, if you're still listening, review our podcast. Tell them yeah. that it's the greatest gaming podcast in the history of the world. Just tell the truth. Because I saw this stat that the Tomahawk Show was the most popular uh, podcast in, in Ohio. What? Oh. And that's uh, that's Joe Thomas and uh, oh. Andrew Hawkins from the Browns. Okay. okay. Which makes sense. Yeah. But let's get us to number one this year. Sure. You know? Yeah. So yeah, go out there, review us, and do it for Shaq News. Oh, yeah. And Lola.